other options if it closes. More from our political reporter Paul Scoynes. The council's planning committee decided to allow St Mungo's temporary planning permission until July next year. It houses vulnerable youngsters from 16 to 21, but nearby residents say there's been a long history of antisocial behaviour and vandalism. Yet the committee said there was no evidence to support this, and if the plans weren't approved, it would leave the council with nowhere to place the youngsters. Residents say they've given up reporting problems as nothing seems to be done about their concerns. The main railway line in and out of the southwest of England reopens later this morning, two months after the track at Dawlish in Devon was severely damaged by the winter storms. The operation to repair the route has cost Network Rail £15 million and has been completed in time for the busy Easter holiday season. Air pollution levels are expected to fall dramatically during the course of the day thanks to winds coming from the Atlantic. Yesterday, ambulance services in London reported a big rise in 999 calls linked to high levels of smog. Police say there's growing concern for a girl from Milton Keynes who's been missing for more than a week. 16-year-old Kayleigh Ann Payne travelled to London with a friend last Wednesday, but her friend returned home alone. Superintendent Barry Halliday says he believes someone must know where she is. We're really confident that uh, the key to this is is out there in the community. Um, And it may well be that a friend or uh, a close associate may not necessarily have wanted to pick up the phone and and talk to the police, but we want want them to do that. They're not getting Kayleigh Ann in trouble. Uh, They're actually going to be helping her, so that's what we're appealing for. A charity set up in the memory of a Hertfordshire man who was fatally stabbed in Hemel Hempstead has received a prestigious award. 21-year-old Billy Dove died in 2011 after going out with friends. The charity Billy's Wish has been given the award for its school based anti-knife education programme. In sport, police investigations are continuing after seven players from football league clubs in northwest England were arrested in connection with alleged spot-fixing in matches. It's being widely reported that the seven include the former Luton player Keith Keane, who's now with Preston. The weather, cloud breaking up this morning to leave a mainly dry and sunny day, a maximum temperature 17 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I've been here about 45, 46 years. Been here 76 years. It's all about where you live. And all this week, we're featuring Shefford and Chicksands. I love it. I live in Clifton, but I wish I lived in Shefford. It's a very good neighbourhood here. We've got good neighbours, good friends, and it's a good community to live in. The big yeah, tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. No oh man, it's Friday. That's all I'm bothered about. It's all I'm bothered about. It's Friday. Girls, girls, it's Friday. Woo! There we go, you see. The girls. I'm calling you the girls from now on. Is that okay? Well, that is what we are, so you're not wrong. Exactly. Can I we call th- you the I'm... bloke? No, you'll call me boss. The uh, bloke? Boss? I'm not a girl. Right. I'm all woman. <laughs> Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning, including false alarms, homeless teens and people on the pitch. With caravans, we're talking about gypsies on a football pitch. Kelly Betts is typing some important information on my screen that really is target audience. Kelly, what is it you want to say to the listener? If you're going Glastonbury, you've got until Monday to pay the remainder of your uh, fee money. 
Right. Cough up. Why is why is Dennis from Dunstable, or indeed Dennis from Luton, or indeed Peter from Walmers Green, or why, why is anybody going to be interested in that? You will be surprised. Mm. Who goes to Glastonbury? Let's uh, let's let's toss it out there. Are any of the listeners going to Glastonbury? Sorry? You got it wrong there. You Why? didn't sound very down with the kids. Uh. If you notice what Kelly said, she said, go in Glastonbury. OK. Are, are any of uh, our listeners going Glastonbury? Or yeah. Glastonbury. You can show oh, Facebook.com forward slash BBC Three Counties Radio. You can send me a cheeky little text. And by cheeky, I think you know what I mean. 81333. Start your text 3CR. That's it, Bets. You got it, girl. Or you could give me a phone call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Boom shakalaka! You called? Yes. (laughs) We've been celebrating the magic of the 90s uh, this week and we are playing um, all of the 90s tracks that we couldn't squeeze in the last couple of days. Yeah, are we going to be maudlin again today? No, 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 no. Well, a little bit. I've just seen what the first one is. But when we say 90s, it doesn't mean things, Justin, like Celine Dion or the Spice Girls. Or Whitney. He's not, he's not understood it at all. Now, Kelly Betts, Hello. we had a little bit of fun with you yesterday. Did you? Thanks for that. And then also during the show, <laughs> we um, teased you by not playing Alicia's Attic. Yes. Now, today... You're if you not want... going to play it. No, 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 no. I'm going to offer you a deal. Oh. Do you want me to play Alicia's Attic, I Am, I Feel? Yeah. I'll play it. But? Ah, yeah, but mm. you got to drop the introducing track. Oh, no way. Whoa. Get out of town. Whoa. Whoa. Back in the what, attic, Alicia. What if I told you <laughs> yeah. that uh, Delora from Stevenage are actually but, off of the 90s? I mean, they can stick around. I'm just yeah. saying, if you yeah. want Alicia's attic, it's going to cost you Delora. I'm not interested. Thank you very much indeed. This was on my getting ready tape back in the day. I'd play this and, you know, get ready.
Jesus. And, oh, wow. Come on, Justin. Fantastic. Come on. Size of a cow. Oh, the size of a cow. Oh, size of a cow. Umbata. I love that that. song, man. That's woken me up. That has woken me up. Yeah. Now, uh, the big story, Justin, that we were the first ones to report, thanks to uh, Dennis from Luton, and you were on the scene. Yes, I was. At the end of yesterday's show, um, uh, Beds Fire confirmed that they're attending several false alarms from the same building every single day. Dennis from Luton called us up to say he keeps seeing firefighters, blues and twosing it, to Ackworth Court in Hockwell, only to stand around and do nothing, really. They sort of have a little look and there's not a lot they can do. Well, we spoke to uh, Area Commander Simon Barker yesterday. This is what he told us. The fire alarm system is being revamped by the local authority. And that's caused us some issues in terms of um, false alarm actuations to the point where we've actually been going out sometimes upwards of five times a day to what are false alarm calls. It's not just about the expense, it's about the number of mobilisations on blue lights because obviously with a high rise, we mobilise a number of fire engines. And of course, we're putting the public at additional risk yeah. with uh, all the mobilisation. Well, Justin, we, we heard about this. We sent you there straight away. This is one of the great things that we can do at BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, and you went to Ackworth Court, didn't you? What, what did you find? Ackworth Court in Hockwell Ring. Two large blocks of flats there, Ian. And the residents inside those flats, they're not happy. Have a listen to this. Disgusting. For nothing. There's never any fire going. Never. They're here every day. But if I'm out, I don't know if they come between times, but every day the fire brigade are in. And how long has this been going on for now? Months, I think. They just go away. They've been to me as well. I'm sitting down eating my dinner. Bang, bang, bang on the door. I opened it and looked up. I said, oh, what do you want? It was a fireman. He said, you got a fire? I said, no. He said, can I come in and check? I said, it's all yours. Go and check. So... He said to me, do you want to go out on your balcony and have a look down the stairs? And I went there, five fire engines. Then I think, never called them, never had no fire. Just Clearly a problem with the alarm systems. And, yeah. and obviously, as you mentioned there, somebody's paying for this. Well, yeah. It's disgusting, really. Five to seven times. Five to seven five times, times a day. day? Yes, up as far as ten o'clock at night. They were there this morning at seven. So have you spoken to the fire brigade about this? No, no, just had a wee chat to one of the fire, the chiefs, and they said that you know it's going to, they're going to have to hefty bill to pay for this for coming out all the time, and they're just standing inside. They can do nothing. Mm. They just know it's a false call, but so, they must come. They told me. So nobody's being evacuated. It's, no, it's just simply no. the fire alarms going yes. off caused by food or smoke or. Well, they just don't know what it is. But we think, I think, and a few more think, it's because they're smoking. It's just the people that smoke in the flat more yeah. so. And how many fire engines are here? Well, now they've cut it down to two, one up the front and one up the back. Well, Justin, Luton Borough Council own the building. What have they been saying? Well, the council won't put anybody up for interview this morning, mm. but uh, in a statement, which I know, of course, uh, uh, you like these statements, yeah. uh, it said Ackworth Courts has under- undergone major refurbishment over the past 12 months and it's thought that uh, dust in the detectors, coupled with their age, is causing the problems we're talking about. When's it going to get fixed? Well, the council says it's instructed the contractors to replace all the detectors in the building. Work will start on Monday. That's expected to take four days to complete. The council would like to apologise to the residents for the inconvenience it's caused. Well, I tell you what, council, instead of staying, sending a statement, why don't you come on the radio and apologise? Justin, mm-hmm. excellent stuff. We'll speak to you later. Joined now by Jamie Newell from the Bedfordshire branch of the Fire Brigades Union. Morning, Jamie. 
Looks like good. we're going to have another week of this. Uh, potentially, yes. It's not good, is it? Well, no, not really. I mean, I... I'm not sure uh, I'd agree that it's been going on for months because um, I've been away for a couple of weeks uh, this uh, in March and when I came back it seemed to have um, occurred over over those periods of a couple of weeks. I suppose um, the thing is that the fire service, they have to attend, don't they? Even if it's five, six, seven times a day. Yeah, I mean, well, that's, uh, it's an automatic fire alarm, so... And in, in our premises where there's uh, life risk, then yes, we would respond as a matter of course. Even if you know that th- there's nothing going on? Well, that's the thing about an automatic fire alarm. We don't necessarily know that there isn't anything well, going on. You, you, you'd, know by the, you'd know by the seventh time in the day, wouldn't you, that, that, the, that it was probably nothing going on? Well, I think it would be a dangerous uh, assumption to make that just because you've been two or three times previous, that yeah. the fourth time is going to be a, a false alarm as and well. Yet, and yet um, there was talk in Hertfordshire of fining firms and not attending um, businesses where their fire alarm goes off. Is that a dangerous assumption to make? Well, we've spoken about the uh, charging, um, basically, uh, premises for attendance of fire calls before, haven't we? Uh, the Fire and Rescue Services Act does allow for a fire authority to do that. And I think in this case, if it can be proved that the council's at fault, the uh, 50 plus calls that we've attended ah. um, then yes I'd agree that there should be a, a case for charging. So that's interesting so if, 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 if it's proven that the council are at fault here for over 50 uh, calls that you've had, you can charge them? Well yeah I mean that's, that's the Fire and Rescue Services Act does allow for a fire authority to charge um, and if it's a, a, a case of uh, poor maintenance of the system then yes the fire authority reserves the right to, to charge that institution for that Jamie but, thank you very much indeed that's Jamie Newell from the Bedfordshire branch of the Fire Brigades Union saying that they might look into uh, charging Luton Borough Council if it's down to poor maintenance 08459 555 this is BBC Three, BBC Three Counties Radio let's get the travel news now with Alice Travel news for beds, cards and bugs BBC Three Counties Radio Good morning. Starting in Bedford on the speed sensors, the Bromham Road looking quite busy in both directions around the Ashburnham Road as you approach the train station. Also in Luton, there are delays on Airport Way, quite heavy approaching the Kidneywood roundabout to join the motorway. And also in Cuffley on the sensors, Station Road a little busy around Plough Hill. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Good for you, Alice. 6.16, it's Friday. The 4th of April, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Work is underway to fix a faulty alarm system at a block of flats in Luton, which has led to the fire service being called out up to five times a day. A controversial homeless shelter in Milton Keynes will stay open, despite complaints from residents about anti-social behaviour. Councillors last night gave St Mungo's in Bletchley permission to continue as a hostel. And in sport, the former Luton player Keith Keane is reported to be one of seven players arrested yesterday in connection with alleged spot-fixing in matches. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning. The shop didn't want to give me them back, so I went to the shop, paid them a fee to get my cylinders back. The JVS show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I went to speak to this company and I asked them what had happened. It took me absolutely 
ages to get through to anyone. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. After I left discussion about my cylinders, the, the governing body showed up at my house on the following day. And we could do the same for you. Thanks, Denise, and for the company for getting her cooker back up and running, here's your horn. The JVS Show, weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. We're taking our hats off and saluting the magic of the 1990s today. So let's have a little bit of pulp. But no, not that pulp. Uh, no, not that one. And we're not allowed to play that one. We think we can just about get away with this one. Ignore the contents and just enjoy the beats.
Loving that. Bringing back some memories, Paul? Yeah. I used to like pulp. <laughs> I still do, you know, but uh, not putting out so much stuff recently. No, and I always found pulp a little bit hit and miss. A little bit hit and miss. I, I found them inconsistent. Can I say I preferred their earlier stuff? You can, but you'd come across as a complete and utter... Hmm. Let's go to Alice and Ellsbury. Morning, Alice. Morning, Mr Lee. Morning, Alice. What, were you a fan of pulp? I think they sound like a retrospective version of early Lou Reed's Velvet Underground work, which symbolises the decadence and degeneration of early American consumerist culture. Jeffrey, Morning. Not today. Now, we were talking about this story yesterday. Big story, because a lot of people are very angry, and we can take your calls on it again this morning. St Mungo's, the homeless shelter in Milton Keynes, uh, will stay open. It will stay open, even though residents uh, nearby say it's a haven for antisocial behaviour. Milton Keynes Council granted planning permission last night, saying it had nowhere else to put the youngsters. Can see all those in favour of the officer recommendation. Against... So that's carried five votes, four, three votes against. Thank you very much for your attendance, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we can hear um, tempers being strained there. Political reporter Paul Scoynes was at the meeting. Remind us, uh, Paul, first of all, what St Mungo's is and why it's been so controversial. Well, it's a homeless hostel for 16 to 21-year-olds, vulnerable people, the council says, uh, short and long-term residents. Uh, this was actually an application that we covered on this programme back in October last year, and it was refused back then. Even then, it had been uh, sort of recommended for approval. It was turned down uh, because it undermined the quality of the residents' life nearby, according to the council. Certainly there were concerns about uh, a fear of antisocial behaviour. And at the time, councillors were asked to approve it, but they disagreed with their officers. Those letters of objection in the back of the uh, uh, sort of council agenda yesterday showed, uh, you know, repeated claims of uh, drug taking and problems with late night activity. Even uh, one uh, resident said the police were being called out five times a week, sometimes several times a day. Well, that's interesting because when we spoke to the uh, lady from St Mungo's yesterday, she said that they hadn't called the police out for a week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that actually was picked up last night. Lots of discussion about antisocial mm. behaviour. There was uh, sort of evidence uh, to the contrary, the council said, that there hadn't been uh, very much antisocial behaviour in the area. The residents were pretty furious at that, actually. Lots of shouts in the public gallery uh, on several occasions. The uh, chair of the committee had to tell the gallery to be quiet. Um, lots of allegations of vandalism. I mentioned drug taking. One resident told me uh, that he'd seen some of the hostel's residents on the roof of the building drinking. And, uh, and when they went to tell the warden uh, that that was happening, he simply shrugged his shoulders, apparently. This Gosh. is, yeah, well, this is what the residents told me after the reaction, after the vote last night. I just think that they're not taking into consideration what people are saying about the, the, the nights. You know, the antisocial behaviour um, is usually between 11 and 8, and one person asleep in the property is just not sufficient. <laughs> what difference will that one person make, do you think, sir? Well, I think if the person actually stayed awake, they might see what's going on. I mean, that's a start. They're, they're admitting all the time that the person who's, who is there is asleep. And I've yet to see anyone who's asleep who's actually been able to control an environment. I mean, how bad is it sometimes? The bus shelter's been vandalised. 
Well, both bus shelters have been vandalised. It's all late at night, banging on doors, swearing, um, you know, and generally being noisy. Now, maybe that's why it's not being reported as antisocial behaviour, because the police aren't being called, because it's just shouting. But the fact is, people are being sleep-deprived because it's so late at night. But when we had that meeting in the church, the police came, do you remember? And they said they'd been called several times. Mm. Elaine Wells, you're the local councillor for Milton Keynes Council. I mean, you've heard what the residents are saying. They say that there's clear evidence there have been antisocial problems at, at the unit, and yet the council inside that chamber are saying that there is no evidence. The residents have worked so hard to gather evidence to prove to the council that there has been antisocial behaviour. I mean, I've known the area for a long time, from when it was a children's home and now it's actually a home for um, young adults. And I just feel it's such a shame that it wasn't listened to. Last time it was refused. This time they had more evidence and more people against it and it just got totally ignored. And um, I know I speak for the, a lot of the residents when they're totally disillusioned by the whole process. If it had been a private company, I think it would have been thrown out because it was a council's own planning, uh, retrospective permission, it went through. And I'm just so angry that it's gone through. And we've got to wait till July the 5th, July 2015 now to go through this all again. A lot of upset people there, Paul. What did the council have to say about this? Well, the council says, Ian, it has no other options, really. It has to provide this service. And if it hadn't have gone through, uh, the council says it would have broken the rules. There's something called the uh, Southwark Judgment, which is basically an obligation that councils have to look after vulnerable 16, 17-year-olds. Now, they also said that had they not granted this hostel permission, the youngsters would have ended up being put in bed and breakfast. Uh, and it uh, uh, went through, really, because the council were convinced that the changes to the current operation would actually deal with the problems. Now, those changes include uh, the youngsters staying there longer, so for longer periods of time, mm. in the hopeful sort of uh, uh, event that they become more settled, and also more wardens, there'll be six. However, only one of those six is going to be on site after 11. They'll probably be asleep, realistically. Uh, and that's when most of the problems are alleged to happen. <laughs> there will be another sort of roaming person, but they'll be at one of four places in Milton Keynes. So the residents saying that won't work and all of these problems are effectively happening after chucking out time from the pubs when the residents come home. What happens next? Well, this permission runs until 2015, July next year. And you do have to wonder really what what other options the council will will have and create in that time whether or not they will make another hostel so just in case that this permission doesn't get granted again next time certainly the residents who are feeling fairly skeptical about uh, whether or not this is just a, a temporary planning permission or whether this will become a permanent planning permission in due course um you do wonder what the other options for the council are the residents as i say feel that it was pushed through because it's a council-owned operation and it has no other options it's a tough one this it's a tough one you, you mentioned you used the phrase uh, vulnerable 16 and 17 year olds people the young people who are at risk and of course they need to be protected and looked after and given a place where they are safe mm. but if I lived in that street with my kids, and if, if half of what we've heard going on is actually happening, I wouldn't want that in my street. Well, all of the residents and the local council, uh, not the sort of Milton Keynes council, but the local Bletchley council, have said they f- completely understand why this hostel is needed. Mm. You know, nobody disputes the fact that this is a necessary uh, establishment for yeah. young people. 
What the residents and the council say, though, is that this is in a completely inappropriate area. It's a very sort of sort of quiet residential area uh, where this sort of... And it has been a children's home for about 20 years, as we heard. But um, it is just not the right place for it. And, you know, the fact that you've got, you know, young people who are you know, going to be getting excited. It's the summer coming soon. You know, this is what they're, they're saying. This is where the problems start. Yep. We've got a World Cup this year. You know, it's on late. Um, you know, they're, they're worried that these, these disturbances will continue. Paul, thank you very much indeed. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news at 6.30 with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Mark 8, on the speed sensors, the A5 northbound is looking heavy around Luton Road. And also in Harpenden, the high street is busy in both directions around the station road. Uh, Clophill roundabout, the A6 northbound approach heading towards Bedford looking quite heavy at the moment. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. The Fire Brigade's union is warning that Luton Borough Council could be charged for call-outs to a block of flats in the town because of a faulty alarm system, which has resulted in call-outs up to five times a day. A controversial homeless shelter in Milton Keynes will stay open despite complaints from residents about anti-social behaviour. Councillors last night gave St Mungo's in Bletchley permission to continue as a hostel. And the main railway line in and out of the south-west of England reopens later this morning, two months after the track at Dawley in Devon was severely damaged by the winter storms. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Police investigations are continuing after seven players from football league clubs in northwest England were arrested in connection with alleged spot fixing in matches. It's being widely reported that the seven include the former Luton player Keith Keane, who's now with Preston. Luton starts a run of three successive home games tomorrow. Victory in all three will guarantee the Hatters' promotion, regardless of what happens to rivals Cambridge. First up, John Stills' side host struggling Aldershot, with fans hoping promotion will be secured by a Luton win rather than a Cambridge result when Luton don't play. I understand people would like it to be at home in front of a big crowd and all that. But as I said, this is football, right? You know, if it happens, I don't know when it'll happen, but I just we're all just working as hard as we can to, to, to make it happen. Watford will aim to den former manager Sean Dyche's hopes of automatic promotion when they host Burnley. Defender Lloyd Doyley is injured. Striker Fernando Forestieri is still missing, but Marco Cassetti and Jonathan Bond are now both fit. Stevenage continue their relegation battle at bottom club Shrewsbury. Also in League One, Milton Keynes Dons are away to Coventry at Northampton, with Peterborough six points ahead with the game in hand. Does manager Carl Robinson still think the playoffs are possible? Just the fact that you have to ask the question proves that we're still in it. It's when you, it's when you say, Carl season's over what, what are we doing now for next season and also as well I don't want to cheat these fans they've been wonderful this year they've stuck with us too thick and thin they're starting to realise where we're at financially and what we're trying to do um, and, and everyone's sort of been this has been a stronger season I think it's been a stronger season for unity amongst the group and Wickham are just three points above the League Two relegation zone ahead of tomorrow's home game against Dagenham. And in tennis, Andy Murray leads Britain's challenge in Italy today in their first Davis Cup quarterfinal for 28 years. Murray was able to train yesterday despite a virus. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven.
They're such a good band. I only know that one. No, I know. I know you do. I'm going to make you an A Might Be Giants mixtape. To be honest, I only know that song, and that's good enough. If I was a band, oh, no. I could make that and retire. There's, there's better. There's better. Really? There's better How than that. How is that possible? There's a brilliant song, I can't think of the name of it, about um, um, uh, being in New York, and it's just... There's a, oh, you've never heard Dr Worm? No, I've never oh, heard Dr Worm. My name is Dr Worm. I'm not a real doctor, but I am a real worm. I'm learning to play the drums. I can take criticism. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant! Get that mixtape. No, give me a list of albums I need to buy. Yes, that's what I'll do. <laughs> that's what I'll do. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, Catherine Boyle is in the studio with that's me. me. Uh, Kelly Betts is in the studio uh, thus. Um, and, and she's also there. Hello. Yes. Should we have a look through the papers? <laughs> yeah, go on. Hello. Yeah, OK, Kelly, I'm going to leave your microphone on, but don't okay. keep doing that. OK. You, so you can join in if you fancy. Mm. This is like your audition piece. OK. Don't but muff what, it up. What am I auditioning for? For um, whether we let you stay on the show or not. 
Hey, did you see the pictures of the girl who um, fell down the drain? In fact, no, she didn't fall down the drain. She squeezed herself down the drain and then was surprised when she couldn't get out again. We talked yesterday about have you ever fell down a well? And uh, then we expanded it to have you ever fallen down anything? Well, this silly um, young lady, um, she, she, and it's, it's a drain. It's a tiny little drain. What if she dropped her phone or something, didn't she? Yeah, but I don't know what she's expecting to retrieve it with. She's gone in feet first and she's kind of wedged herself in boob upwards. And, let, and, and boy, are those boobs. She is... Um, it might be that she squeezed all her stuffing <laughs> up. <laughs> Not all of it. She is a well-developed young lady. And to try and squeeze down a drain, and uh, then the people have gathered around and taking photographs. Let, let's name her an embarrasser. Yeah, Ella Sankey. How embarrassing. Oh, I bet I can work out what her nickname was at school. Oh, stop it. Well, come on. You, you, it's obvious, isn't it? 16-year-old Ella Sankey dropped her brand-new iPhone down a drain... She'll be Mankey Sankey now. Dropped her brand-new iPhone down a drain while walking her dog. Determined to retrieve it, she climbed into the drain, only to find she couldn't get out. Why would you climb into a drain? You'd wait for someone with long arms to come past, you? make some kind of hooking device. When I lived in Spain, you know you have um, um, the sort of washing from building to building? We had that going on, and my knickers would often fall into the neighbour below's garden. (laughs) I remember... Sorry, your knickers would fall into the neighbour's... Off the washing line. Oh, all right, okay. (laughs) I thought you just meant they just dropped. She was never in. So I remember I, I used to, like make these sort of devices yes. involving um, bits of rope and kitchen implements to try to scoop them up, but um, it never worked. And What's... I would walk in of every morning and she would hand my knickers back to me. What's wrong with a stick with a bit of chewing gum on the end of it? What, for a knicker retrieval? Why not? It's not going to work. Maybe on an iPhone. Let, let me try and retrieve... Let, hang on. <laughs> let me get a, Kelly, have you got any chewing gum? No. no. Okay, well, I can't, that's that um, little uh, comedy Wooden comedy spoon's train. no good. Wooden spoon, you wouldn't be able to get it out with a wooden Fish spoon. Fish lies, no good. Um, David Beckham. Yes, I'm aware of his work. What do you reckon? Oh, you just, oh no, you just pulled a sex face. <laughs> I didn't. You did. I thought, oh, those tattoos look like they're smart. You've just pulled a sex face. You've so dis- I thought you were, were above those kind um, of physical yeah, things. Yeah, but if you're going to do that to me, uh, take me by surprise with a David Beckham in very small, tighty whiteies, that's going to happen. He's in tiny little pants. He's covered... Um, Not quite. He's left the nips out. He's, yeah. Okay. There's room. There's room for a project. He's and the, but there's he's got he's got what they call sleeves. Mm. I hate sleeve tattooed sleeves. And he looks ridiculous. Uh, many men approaching their forties. Well, how old is he? Oh, he's thirty-eight. Um, I'm listen. I'm only two years older than him, and I I look as good as that. Really, Kels. I look as good as that, don't I? Do you think, I, I think you look better. Hey. Do you think he has to hold his moves as he runs down the stairs? <laughs> Many men approach... I wish I hadn't told you that now. Men, <laughs> so do I. <laughs> many men approaching their 40s look back with regret at the tattoos they had in their youth. But rather than feeling ashamed of his, David Beckham parades them with pride. Despite the fact that middle age is looming, he also appears to be adding to the motley collection of body inkings, with both arms now filled with designs and his chest decorated with biblical imagery. It's what Jesus would have wanted. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to make him feel bad. I don't think you can make David Beckham feel bad about his body. It's earned him quite a lot of money. Hey, so they're going to make it... Um, they're going to ban um, the, the packaging on cigarettes? Yes. I don't quite... Well, no, get... not the packaging. They won't be loose. It's not going to be a bag of facts. <laughs> well, th- th- my local news agents will probably still be selling them loose, but uh, they, they're going to be in plain packaging. Yes. Is that going to... I don't under, I don't understand... That. Is that going to work? I did a lot of doodling as a teenager. I, I probably just... Uh... 
maybe decorate them myself. I don't know. Tory MPs were in uproar against the nanny state yesterday after the government announced it intends to force shops to sell cigarettes in plain packaging within a year. Jane Ellison, the public health minister, was drowned out by cries of shame, shame from her own party as she was minded to proceed with the regulations. So they're going to get rid of... So basically, they won't have the wonderful gold pa- boxes of Benson and Hedges or that wonderful purple motif of the uh, the silk cut. Uh, they're just going to be plain packaging. I don't think it's the advertising necessarily that is attracting people to cigarettes. I think it's the fact that they're very Moorish. They are very Moorish. And that blooming James Dean, he made them look so cool, didn't he, in the mm. 50s before he died in that car crash. I don't know. You can give us your thoughts on that. 08459 four double five five double five. I think they might be missing the point somewhat with the packaging. But what do I know? I've not done all the research. No. Do you want to give us one more? Uh, no, I haven't got anything else. Oh. Um, did, 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 should we have a bit of McCormick and Butler, then? Always. Yeah, should we do that? There yeah. we go. Let's have some... Oh, in a minute. Um, Is that slang for Alicia Static? No, it's, it's, mm. it's literal for McCormick and Butler. This is, this is a tune. I am
I, I believe the um, production on that song could be described as epic. That's an epic production, isn't it? They certainly didn't think less was more. David McCormont, Bernard Butler. He's good, David McCormont. And why? I tell you what, another reason he's good. He, he, he kind of chased the charts for a little bit, but then he didn't. And now he's just like a jobbing singer. I heard him singing, uh, doing a thing with Michael Nyman, the composer, the other day on Radio 3. He just goes off and does his thing. And I kind of respect him for that. Integrity. Integrity. Oh, I remember that. Integrity once cost me £90,000. Did it? Yes, it did. Oh, it did. Oh, you've seen got over that. I used to... Integrity I used to, thing. I used to... Yeah, exactly. I used to be full of the stuff when I was in my youth and uh, until I looked back and went, hang on a minute, that, that, that cost me £90,000. I'll tell you more after we've done the travel when I just queue up the old uh, travel Beddington. Here we have a little bit of that and a little bit of that and a little bit of that. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Going between Leavesden and Watford, the A41 as you head for the M1 is heavy around Garston. And also on the speed sensors in Harpenden, the high street still looking busy heading south around the station road. Generally a quiet start on the roads though, major routes are looking good at the moment. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.47, it's Friday the 4th of April, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Fire Brigades Union is warning that Luton Borough Council could be charged for call-outs to a block of flats in the town because of a faulty alarm system which has resulted in call-outs up to five times a day. A controversial homeless shelter in Milton Keynes will stay open despite complaints from residents about antisocial behaviour. Councillors last night gave St Mungo's in Bletchley permission to continue as a hostel. And in sport, the former Luton player Keith Keane is reported to be one of seven players arrested yesterday in connection with alleged spot-fixing in matches. Let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. Well, the air quality is going to be improving today because we've seen a change of wind direction overnight from a southeasterly to more of a westerly, bringing in some fresh Atlantic air. So good news there. Now, it is a bit of a cloudy, misty, murky old start to the day, but it's still fairly mild. Things will brighten up as we head into the afternoon. We'll probably see some good spells of sunshine. It won't be quite so hazy this time either. And it's still very pleasantly warm for this time of year, particularly in the best of that brightness. Uh, temperatures up to 15 or 16 degrees, 61 in Farrah. Fahrenheit, although admittedly a touch cooler than it has been in recent days, but without all that horrible air pollution. Um, so as we head into this evening and overnight, it's going to stay dry again. Uh, lots of clear spells around some misty conditions again into tomorrow morning, lows of 7 or 8 degrees Celsius. For the weekend, it will be quite unsettled. Now, I think we'll get away with a dry day on Saturday. A fairly bright start, particularly towards eastern areas of Hertfordshire, but clouding over through the late morning and into the afternoon, perhaps a few spots of rain over the Chilterns. Um, as we head into Sunday, though, it will turn quite wet and windy into the afternoon. That's the forecast, Ian. Thank you. Sundays on BBC Three Counties Radio are about exploring faith and morality with uplifting music too. Getting you active. Clue one, good place to take great leaps. Right, what thoughts have we got on this then, girls? Learning about new things. Talking about being a parent and having a mental illness and asking whether you can be a good parent if you do have a mental illness. And specialist programmes. A lot of the Asian traditional remedies involve hot water, haldi, which is turmeric, and ginger. And I have the best mix of 
urban music and news for the black community. For full programme details, go online to bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Catherine? Yeah. Shut up. Oh. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up as well. Okay. We're both going to shut, shut up. And we're going to let Kelly shine like the star she is. Should we give her a bit of a buffing first or...? Sorry? I'm not allowed to. Okay. Again. Again, she's, she's also there. Again. I'm going to label these microphones. Again. Kelly and not Kelly. Okay, oh. Oh, so am I not Kelly then? I, what did I... You're, you're, you're KB2 and she's KB1. Oh. Uh, Which is KB for short. It's KB for short, yeah. Anyway, Catherine, what did I say? Thank you. Kelly? Hi. Over to you. BBC introducing is a magnificent... But don't make it sound boring. Make it, you know, make people interested. Okay, all right. So BBC introducing brings together all 40 of the local BBC shows. Yes, I know. It's exciting, isn't it? So all across the region, Cambridge, Kent, you name it, they've got a BBC introducing show and we're connected with the likes of Radio 1, Radio 2, Six Music, One Extra and we can send the music from the... Who have we got this week? What we also do, Ian Lee, good question, is we add a track to our... Three Counties playlist, the track that we've been supporting here on Introducing on Three Counties Radio. This week's track is by Delora, brackets off of the 90s to keep you happy, bracket closure, not really from the 90s. What just what song is it? And it sounds like this, it's their track Come Alive, it's brilliant. Thank you, Kelly. I wish I hadn't told you to shut up now. You can unshut up? Go on, say something. Say something. Wow. Your touch makes a music stir you creeping over me The sound of your symphony goes right through me I get an electric pulse when you look into my eyes You bring me back to life, my body comes alive You make me come alive
Beatboxing. What? <laughs> Oi, stop spitting into your hand, love. Beatboxing. Good, that wasn't it. It was. It, they like. They do like um, Beyonce. Delora from Stevenage. I liked it when they broke it down. All that was missing was a. We're not on my flex. That's. <laughs> Hello. That's out. Uh, yeah. 26th of April. Yeah, I've got, to do, I've got a guest lined up, so I've got to get on with the show. Interesting track of the week. Thank you very much indeed. Now, it looks as if a group of young footballers won't be having a runabout this weekend, or as we call it, a kickabout. Because there are people on the pitch with caravans. Jake Kirby is the chairman of Toddington Rovers. Morning, Jake. Good morning. Jake, thanks for coming on at this ridiculous time of the morning. What, what's going on? Uh, well, what's happening is that we've uh, had some travellers who've moved on to one of our pitches and uh, I found out actually reasonably late last night that they've now moved on to another one too. Oh, hang on. So are they still on your pitch? Uh, yes, we believe there's still uh, one oh. or two left on the original pitch. Oh, OK. Um, and the majority of them have moved to another area which we use as well. Oh, Okay, so uh, how exactly is that? Well, I'm guessing it means you can't practice and play football. Correct. Yes. Any idea how long they're going to be there for? Um, no. Um, the uh, the first area they moved on to, uh, they were served with a notice by the police, and so, as I understand it, um, have to leave by the uh, this the end of this morning. Yep. Um, but regarding the second area of land. Um, I don't believe they've been served any notice yet, so Ooh. I'm not too sure. Must be very frustrating for you and the the lads. Uh, it, it is, yes. I mean, whilst we, you know, we understand um, that people need somewhere to live and somewhere to settle, um, we appreciate and understand that. But this is, uh, you know, an area that's specifically marked out for children to play football on. We have nearly 200 children as members of our the village club, um, and the vast majority of them will not be able to play football, possibly not only this weekend, but moving forward, because what we'll have to do once um, they have left is assess any damage that's been made to the playing areas and how long that may take to fix. So what are you going to do then, Jake? I guess you're going to have to try and find somewhere else to play football. Yeah, well, we already started last night by either postponing matches that were planned for this weekend or trying to rearrange them to be played at another location, which, as I'm sure you can imagine, is very difficult at such short notice. Um, but in the main, they will have to, this weekend's games will probably have to be postponed, um, as will training. Um, we have a young academy that trains on the second area of land that's now occupied um, for children as young as five. Um, and they certainly won't be able to train this weekend. And am I right in thinking you had a, you, you told all the uh, kids last night? Um, the message went out through the, via the managers, who then yes got in touch with the, their respective parents mm. to let them know uh, what's happening. And what was the what was the feedback? What kind of response did you get back? Um, well, it was reasonably late, so I've not, right, not had okay. any feedback. To be honest with okay. you, I must admit. But I, I imagine there'll be a lot of disappointed uh, families. Yes, I think so. I think so. Well, Jake, listen, I wish you the best of luck in getting this sorted out and, um, in the short term at least, finding uh, an alternative pitch to practice and play on. 
Thank you very much, and uh, thanks for giving us the opportunity to uh, to air our views. Listen, if anybody can help, Jake, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Um, via our club website, um, either myself or our club secretary. Um, if they could get in touch, then um, we'd gladly take up any offers of help. OK, well, let's let's put it out there, Jake, and see if anyone can help. Anyone. Got a football pitch going spare that a load of youngsters can um, have a, a, a practice and a play on. Then get in touch with Jake Kirby, chairman of Toddington Rovers. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors in Chesant, the A10 southbound looking heavy around College Road. And also in Kings Langley, the A41 heading north towards the Hemel Hempstead turnoff has a patch of slow moving traffic. The M25 anti clockwise starting to build up now between junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Gosh, busy, busy show. You can give us a call about these um, uh, uh, unmarked cigarette packets if you want. They're not going to make a difference, are they? If people want to smoke, they're going to smoke, aren't they? We'll talk more after the news with Simon Oxley. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, the headlines warning over false alarms at Luton Flats, homeless shelter to stay open in Milton Keynes, an award for charity set up in memory of stabbed Hemel Hempstead man. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Fire Brigade's union is warning that Luton Borough Council could be charged for call-outs to a block of flats in the town because of a faulty alarm system which has resulted in call-outs up to five times a day. The council admits that the false alarms have been happening for the last two weeks at Ackworth Court on Hockwell Ring. They hope to replace them next week. Jamie Newell is from the Bedfordshire branch of the FBU. Well, we've spoken about the uh, charging premises for attendance of fire calls before, haven't we? Uh, the Fire and Rescue Services Act does allow for a fire authority to do that. I think in this case, if it can be proved that the council is at fault for the uh, 50 plus calls that we've attended, then yes, I'd agree that there should be a, a case for charging. A controversial homeless shelter in Milton Keynes will stay open despite complaints from residents about antisocial behaviour. Councillors last night gave St Mungo's in Bletchley permission to continue as a hostel because the council has no other options if it closes. Paul Scoynes was at the meeting. The council's planning committee decided to allow St Mungo's temporary planning permission until July next year. It houses vulnerable youngsters from 16 to 21, but nearby residents say there's been a long history of antisocial behaviour and vandalism. Yet the committee said there was no evidence to support this and if the plans weren't approved it would leave the council with nowhere to place the youngsters. Residents say they've given up reporting problems as nothing seems to be done about their concerns. The main railway line in and out of the southwest of England reopens later this morning two months after the track at Dawlish in Devon was severely damaged by the winter storms. The operation to repair the route has cost network rail £15 million and has been completed in time for the busy Easter holiday season. Police say there's growing concern for a girl from Milton Keynes who's been missing for more than a week. 16-year-old Kayleigh Ann Payne travelled to London with a friend last Wednesday, but her friend returned home alone. Superintendent Barry Halliday believes someone must know where she is. We're really confident 
that uh, the key to this is is out there in the community um, and it may well be that a friend or uh, a close associate may not necessarily have wanted to pick up the phone and and talk to the police but we want we want them to do that they're not getting Kaylee Ann in trouble uh, they're actually going to be helping her so that's what we're appealing for the charity set up in memory of a Hemel Hempstead man who was stabbed to death in the town has received a prestigious award 21 year old Billy Dove died in 2011 the charity Billy's Wish has been given the award for its school-based anti-knife education programme. Billy's dad, Paul, says the charity has helped him cope. It's a fantastic achievement by everybody concerned, the people of Emil, the trustees of Billy's Wish, uh, everybody, they've just carried me through it because the emotional time has been hard. Very odd. In sport, police investigations are continuing after seven players from football league clubs in northwest England were arrested in connection with alleged spot fixing in matches. It's been widely reported that the seven include the former Luton player Keith Keane, who's now with Preston. The weather cloud breaking up this morning to leave a mainly dry and sunny day, a maximum temperature 17 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a traditional Bedfordshire market town. All this week, we're featuring Shefford and Chicksands. I do like the um, smaller shops, yeah. Lots of community things going on. There are over 90 clubs and organisations in Shefford. It's all about where you live. We're permanently fixed in Shefford now. We're quite happy with the town. The Big Tour. BBC Three Counties Radio. Simon. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Friday. We made it through another week to another weekend. What's going on, Kelly? Just looking for the papers. What? They're there. What? I Why? Know, I just need to find the smoking story. Why? What paper it's, was it? It's, in? it's here. It's in front of me. What paper? This one. Tell what one? It's, I'm trying say, to do the. Say the name of the paper. It, it's, I'm trying to do the menu to is the it show. The mail? Yes. All right. Here, I'll just take this one. Okay. It's page twenty-one. Thank you. We're the BBC, for goodness sakes. We're better than this. Sadly, we're not. Coming up in the next hour of the show, false alarms, homeless teens, and, well, is your smoking habit going to be changed by the introduction of plain cigarette packaging? won't make a difference for established smokers, I don't think. Will it make a difference for young people getting into smoking? I'm not sure it will. When I started smoking, it wasn't because I liked the, the packets. It's because I wanted to annoy my girlfriend. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You're harming yourself. I well, she... The, the smoking story. It's on that page. All really I can small. see on that page is Beckham. Oh, I'm trying to start the show, love. Hang on. Start the show, we've been on for an hour. I'm trying to start this hour and I'll stop you in a second. Oh, I'll stop you now. Facebook.com forward slash. Can you not see the story there? Sorry, I've just looked below David Beckham and now I can see it. Yeah, thank you. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR or give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Now, in the last few minutes of yesterday's show, Beds Fire and Rescue confirmed that they're attending several false alarms from the same building every single day. We were alerted by one of our listeners, Dave Luton, to the number of fire engines he sees whizzing past his home in Hockwell Ring, only to stand outside Ackworth Court doing nothing because, well, nothing's going on. He presumed that elderly residents were leaving pans on cooking chips or eggs and then falling asleep. Well, Bedfordshire's Assistant Chief Fire Officer Simon Barker told us otherwise. Uh, Simon joins us again. Morning, Simon. Good morning. So this wasn't people, you know, leaving the, the, the chip pan on or something. This was the, the alarm going off incorrectly, just, just going off at random. Yeah, um, the, there's been an ongoing problem over the last two weeks um, in, in, in Ackworth Court with a, a, a false alarm, an automatic fire alarm system that's, that's uh, been a bit faulty. Um, obviously, the Luton Borough Council have been actively working with us to try and address that. Uh, and I know that you've now got some details around when that's likely to be resolved. And we're looking towards the end of next week, I believe, for those problems to be resolved. So we're going to have another week of, uh, 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 of this. How many fire engines are attending each time and how many fire crew? Well, well, normally we'd send what we call a predetermined attendance under normal circumstances to an automatic fire alarm in, in a high-rise premises, because obviously you would appreciate that's quite a high-risk um, high property for us. Um, we've reduced those uh, attendances accordingly because of the high number of false alarms to reduce the number of mobilisations that we make. Um, and your call is quite right, you know, it does put the public at increased risk if we're moving on blue lights, for instance, through Luton, uh, and we're, we're sending lots of fire engines that we would normally do. So, as I said to you yesterday, our business is all around risk management, so we would always balance the number of finite resources we've got to the risk that we're being presented with, and we'll do that, we'll do that on a daily basis, and we can change our PDAs as we need to. So what, you, sorry, you're sending two fire uh, engines uh, every time the alarm goes off, is that right? Um, in the, at night time, obviously, when the risk increases, because um, obviously people are asleep, so we would, we would in, we've increased our PDA in the evening to two, and we're sending one during the day at the moment. Once the fire alarm is sorted, yeah. uh, and we can be confident that we're not going to get the higher number of, auto, of false alarms that we have been getting, then we'll just go back to the uh, original predetermined thing. And how many crew are on a, uh, an engine? Is it six? Uh, it's usually five. Right. We normally aim for five people. It's a waste, isn't it? It's a waste of, of resources. And you, you, mean, you mentioned the risk of driving through um, Luton with, with your lights flashing. Of course, that's always dangerous. But it's, it's a waste of resources when we're hearing that um, our services are, are, are struggling as it is. Yeah, again, it comes back to, it comes back to risk management. Um, we would not take the chance that one of those automatic fire alarms is not actually something that you've alluded to. For instance, somebody may well have had their cooking on and yeah. left it. Um, which could then turn into a real fire. Mm. So it's a balance, as I keep saying, it's a balance between the risk that we've got, the resources that we've got, and the likelihood of, the, of an incident actually being a real incident. Uh, and it's something that we deal with on a daily basis, to be honest. Yeah, I know, of course. Uh, we, we spoke to someone from the Fire Brigade Union earlier on who says there might be a case for fining the council for these 50-odd call-outs. What do you think about that? Um, some other fire rescue services have taken different approaches to us. We've certainly not had any discussions with the Borough Council around charging, and it's not something that we're considering at this moment in time. In fact, we've been working really, really closely with the Borough Council around solutions, etc. We've had fire safety officers actively engaged with the Borough Council housing officers to try and address the issues. And it's something, again, that we do on a day-to-day -day basis. We've been really successful in working with other um, uh, occupier owners 
um, particularly where there's large and complex automatic fire alarm systems. And we've actually managed to drive down the number of false alarm calls that we get, because you're quite right, they are a waste, only they are a waste on um, our resources. But obviously, if we're attending an automatic fire alarm that's a false alarm, mm. then those fire engines are not available to attend real incidents. And we've been really successful over recent years, as have many other fire and rescue services up and down the country. So it's, it's about a collaborative approach that we would like to take. How much does, uh, does each call-out cost? How much did it cost to send an engine out with five people on? Uh, to be honest, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know off the top of my head right. the actual costs involved. OK, but it's, it's going to be a bit, isn't it? It's going to be a it's, fair bit. It's a, it's a significant amount yeah. of money, but, you know, if you're talking about public safety, then how much for a lot? Oh, and so. Simon, listen, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you, and I, I, I'm a huge fan of the work that you lot do. I just, I, it's just frustrating when the council have, have, you know, have got this faulty fire alarm and it's causing you guys to go out five, six, seven times a day. It just seems, uh, it seems a little remiss. And, and they're not going to start work on the, um, the, the, the smoke and fire alarms until Monday. Uh, no, as I say, we've, we've put in place a plan with the borough council and we've worked closely with them um, and we're satisfied that they've been doing as much as they possibly can to, to address the problem. So, um, as I say, we've, we've, we use risk management and I'll keep coming back and saying the same things. It's something that we do on a day-to-day basis. Simon, final question. Uh, if this were a, a private business, would you be treating them as generously as you are uh, the council? We, as I've said before, we, this is an approach we've taken with many other um, uh, large properties and premises um, throughout the county. We work collaboratively with people and we would seek to address the problems with the fire alarm first yeah. uh, rather than going down any sort of punitive route. But if there, was a, if there was a local business and you were getting called out five, six, seven times to, to Dave's shoes or something, I, I, I'm yeah. sure you wouldn't be treating it quite the same way, would you? No, um, it, it's, it's not a case because Dave's shoes may well not require an automatic fire alarm. Where there's a requirement for an automatic fire alarm, these are generally tend to be large premises that they're that a requirement of the uh, fire safety order to install proper automatic fire alarm systems. We would then engage with them, as we've done with um, Luton Borough Council, in a way to try and address problems. Simon, listen, I appreciate your time this morning and thank you for coming on and explaining the situation to us. Bedfordshire's uh, Assistant Chief Fire Officer, Simon Barker, if you live in the area, if you've seen the the engines going past, or if you just want to have your say on what is essentially a waste of resources, and of course Simon and his, uh, his team are doing the right thing. The alarm goes off, they go down there and check it out. It's nothing, but they have to keep going and checking it, don't they? Just in case it is something, but... What a waste. Sending the engines out five, six, seven times a day. There's been over 50 call-outs to this building in the last few weeks. Luton Borough Council wouldn't uh, come on the show, which is disappointing. What do you think? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I, um... I did make, uh... I made myself chuckle there. Um, when I was trying to, I was trying to think on my feet. Normally, I'm quite good at thinking on my feet. Uh, and I was trying to come up with a, a fictional business name. And the best fictional business name I could come up with was Dave's Shoes. I know. <laughs> He's chuckling about that. Dave, was he? Yeah. I said you keep an eye out for Dave's Shoes, won't you? 
<laughs> what was great was then he then validated it by saying, well, if Dave's shoes did have... It, it suddenly becomes real. that The show now has a fictional business that we will refer to. Hang on, there'll be a bloke called Dave going, oh, talk about my shop. <laughs> my shop's on fire. Quick, let's get down there. It's not, Dave. It, Dave, your shop... Well, it might be. I suggest you get down there, Dave, and check Dave's shoes, just to find out. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Did you get, did you get effective? I, 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 this is the story. If you watched Sky News yesterday, th- this would have been the biggest story all day because they had nothing else. Smog, 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 smog. And yet they kept putting breaking news breaking under news, it. Breaking news, breaking news. It's been breaking all day. Bad weather. Break, been breaking for two days. D- <laughs> today's day three. No doubt Sky News will be doing breaking news. There's more smoke. I wonder if anyone out there is suffering <clears throat> the ill effects or just laying it on well, thick like my husband <clears throat> who says he can't do anything because of his asthma. Your fella's brilliant. Smog. He's, he, was he lying on the sofa all day yesterday watching Cash in the Attic and yeah. stuff? No, he wasn't. He was at work. But when he gets home, he has to take it easy because, obviously, the smog. Well, the front page of the mail, Britain chokes on toxic smog. 999 services swamped as pollution and Saharan dust grip the UK. Now, I was in London yesterday, and it did look a little bit like Beijing circa 1989. It was... I mean, it was kind of hazy. It wasn't as, as bad as I was expecting. Wasn't there a big smog in the 60s? Or the 50s in London. The Lon- that, walking about with yeah, that masks was, on and that. That was because um, uh, the famous London fog, smog, because they had everyone had coal fires as well in their houses, so you had all that stuff billowing out into the atmosphere. So we don't have that. A but right pea super and no mistake, Governor. They would say things like that. They would say things like that, and it would mean something back then. Uh, let's put it out there. Was anybody adversely affected by the pollution, or is this all a little bit of uh, nothing, really? Is this, is this the, we, the, the Daily Mail and Sky have no other stories, so they're kind of making a little bit of uh, pollution into a big deal. We could put Justin on the roof. That's what Sky were doing with their reporter, weren't they? Let's Maybe get, that's what we should be doing. Let's get just up on the roof. Can we get up on the roof here? Uh, we could try. Yeah, you can. How? Those stairs that lead to it, I think. Can I do the rest of the show from the roof, please, no. Mum? Oh, nuts. 08459 four double five five double five. Were you affected by the pollution yesterday? Or is it all a load of fuss about nothing, really? Oh, no, no, hang on a second. I was trying to be... Hang on, I can do it. I can do better. Hang on. <clears throat> I was trying to be Nick Ferrari, and I've got it now. Okay, okay go. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Were you affected by the pollution yesterday? Or is it all a load of hot air? Yeah? It's not hot, though, is it? You well, sound a bit gruffly. I know, I've got a little bit of a frog in my throat. Ignore the gruffly. Is that because of the pollution? Yeah, sure, why not? Oh, link. But is that a good link? Or is it all a lot of hot air? Um. Come up with something better. Will you do it in a second, Alice? Unless you can come up with something better, Alice? I can't, I can't think of anything. The hot air one I thought was quite good. No? Yeah, it's air, I mean... It's air? Sure. sure. Yeah, sure. Well, we said sure at the same time. That's great. Oh, no. Yeah, I was going to say smoke and mirrors. I was going to say smoke and mirrors. I, I aborted smoke and mirrors. No, there's no mirrors involved. Um, smoke, smog and mirrors, smog and mirrors, no. smog in the mirror. <laughs> I've got, I've got. Okay, got it. Here we go. And then we're going to go into you, Alice. You ready? <clears throat> I'm ready. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Call me now. Were you affected by the pollution, or was it all a lot of hot air? There. Yeah, sounds... Is that right? That's as good as it's going to get, isn't it? Well, 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 You didn't know what's happening here. What? We're doing the, uh, are you feeling a bit peaky phoning? Well, if people are feeling a bit peaky, I'd love to hear from them. Call me now, 0459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
In Borehamwood, the A1 southbound slow going between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Also in Dunstable, the A5 looking heavy in both directions around Luton Road on the speed sensors. Also the M25 anti-clockwise slow going between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Right, 7.17. It's Friday, the 4th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Fire Brigade's union says Luton Borough Council could be charged for call-outs to a block of flats in the town because of a faulty alarm system which has resulted in call-outs up to five times a day. But Bedfordshire's Assistant Chief Fire Officer has ruled out charges. A controversial homeless shelter in Milton Keynes will stay open despite complaints from residents about antisocial behaviour. Councillors last night gave St Mungo's in Bletchley permission to continue as a hostel. And in sport, the former Luton player Keith Keynes is reported to be one of seven players arrested yesterday in connection with alleged spot-fixing in matches. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they start introducing American-type sentencing, like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Steve's in Weller. Morning, Steve. Good morning. Steve, what you got for me, boss? I just thought smoke on the water. Oh, you're good. Why did you... No, hang on. Sorry. Why did you think that? Well, I'm a sailor in the first place, and I understand that when you've got clarity and everyone wants to uh, throw it in your face, that's pretty much what it is. Steve, uh, thank you very much indeed. Smoke on the water, he's uh, suggesting there. Just wait for that line to uh, be cleared. So just clear that line there. There we go. Get rid of that. Just so we can't hear what I'm about to say. What on earth was that about? Um, smoke on the water. He's a sailor, and when they, they what? Do you know what smoke on the water is about? Uh, fire in the skies. No. <clears throat> Do you know what it's about? Yeah. It's probably about drugs. No, it's not. Oh. In fact, it's so about, about a, it's about someone dragon. who's it's about someone who's very anti-drugs. It's about the Montreux uh, Pop Festival in Montreux, in Switzerland. And uh, Frank Zappa and all of his band's uh, equipment burnt down. Oh dear. That's nasty. How did they carry on the gig? Well, they didn't. Oh, dear. should be called Refunds. They got a song out of it, though, didn't they? No, they didn't. Oh, not that song? Deep Purple got a song out of it. Frank Zappa got Nish out of it. Oh. Mm. How does he feel about that? Well, he was, he's, he's dead now. Because of that? No, no, no. D- oh. Unconnected. Joe's in Letchworth. Morning, Joe. Morning, Ian. You, you, you really know how to upset people on a Friday morning, don't you? Uh, hey, well, what? Listen, listen, I'm just, just because I'm di- dissecting the song Smoke on the Water, if the losers can't handle that, then shame on them. Why, how, why have I upset people? Oh, I don't know. I think, I think the KB1 and KB2, I think Kelly done a fantastic job of introducing. Oh, mate. Introducing. Mate, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. 
She'll get there. She's working with uh, with an absolute master. Watch it. What? What? Kelly? Yes. She's working. <laughs> Who's that then? <laughs> What do, you, what do you want to say, Joe? Getting very I, annoyed with you. I, I've been affected by this this, this pollution, Ian, oh, yeah. and in quite a bad way because I'll be honest, it's actually affecting my FM radio when I list, listen oh. to you guys and Radio Four in the morning. So you're not? Will you listen to what? Sorry, that's the one, Radio Four as well. What do you mean? What do you mean? As, radio goes all the way up to four. What do you mean as well? Well, it starts off at one, then it goes to two. I don't know what happens on three. And then it goes to four. And then obviously... But radio, like they, radio Snore? That's the one. Radio, radio Boar? They have some good plays and they have some good cultural programmes. Radio what for? <laughs> anyway, I've been affected because the, the pollution is affecting uh, the reception on the radio. Yeah. And I've got a better punchline than yours as well. Oh, oh, OK. You, you reckon you can throw into the travel better than I did, do you? Yeah. Hang on a second. What you say... Hang on, what? hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Right, OK, go on. <clears throat> Listeners. Radio if Four! <laughs> Listeners, if you have a fantastic story, call BBC Three Counties on 08459 455 555. Or is this story just having smoke blown up, Al? No, it don't work, mate. <laughs> it don't work. It, 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 don't, it don't work. You crashed it. You crashed the link. You don't even know what crashing the link means. You crashed that. I know what crashing a link is. You could, you know what you I didn't crash anything. You you did a rubbish link. You crashed it. Listen. I'll crash you one, in a minute. You're the one who's now on your fourth radio station. Right? Um hang on a second, let me just do the maths. Horizon XFM six four um LBC Absolute this is this is my seventh. What, you've been sacked from seven, or you... you... Right, go, go away for goodness sake. Who, who let it ban him for the rest of the week? Oh, yeah. no, How many radio joke. stations have you been on, Joe? Loads. There we go, you see. Yeah, as a caller. <laughs> as a caller. I'm the host. I love Joe. Get rid of that. No, no, he's, no. Banned, he's banned for the rest of the week. It says who? It says me. Free counties. Like, we give away stuff and we don't anymore. BBC Free Counties. Mm. <laughs> no, BBC... No, you misheard me. BBC Freak Counties. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, OK, so Friday show's not up to the rest of the uh, week's standard, but, we, 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 you know, we're having a good go. We're doing our best. Let me press this. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now! St Mungo's, the homeless shelter in Milton Keynes that we spoke about on yesterday's show, will stay open, even though residents nearby say it's a haven for antisocial behaviour. Milton Keynes Council granted planning permission last night, saying it had nowhere else to put the youngsters. Well, Milton Keynes councillor Elaine Wales says she's disappointed. The residents have worked so hard to gather evidence to prove to the council that there has been antisocial behaviour. Last time it was refused. This time they had more evidence and more people against it and it just got totally ignored. If it had been a private company, I think it would have been thrown out. Because it was the council's own planning permission, it went through and I'm just so angry that it's gone through and we've got to wait till July 2015 now to go through this all again. Oh, Councillor Tony Mabbott from West Bletchley Council is back with us. You wanted this place closed, Tony. You must be uh, disappointed. Uh, morning, Ian. Um, yes, I am disappointed. Uh, I think that, as far as we were concerned, and as far as residents were concerned, nothing really has changed uh, since the application was, was thrown out last time. Um, I think that what was happening was that the, the council obviously were 
uh, putting a gun to the head of the committee and saying that um, unless this um, was approved, uh, the, the, there would be nowhere to, to, uh, to put these young people and um, it would um, breach their own responsibility for, for being a corporate parent. Again, it, it shouldn't be up to the residents, the long-suffering residents of West Bletchley to have to pay for the council failing to actually meet its responsibilities. They've had several months to come up with an alternative uh, and they, they came up with nothing, uh, which, is, which is unfortunate. It's this Southwark uh, judgment, isn't it, which gives councils an obligation to care for 16 and 17-year-olds who are vulnerable and at risk. Um, what else can they do with them? Well... That they can find alternatives. I think the point is this has been um, a problem, a problem site for, for this sort of facility for over 20 years. Mm. Uh, residents have had to put up with it for, for a long time. It's not suitable for for this um, this sort of development. Not not just for residents, but for the people who are involved in it. I what alternatives would you suggest, Tony? Well, the alternative is looking for alternative sites. I mean, right. but I, I do remember back in the day when I was a Milton Keynes councillor, um, there were several sites for, for um, sort of homes for, for young people. And I think that, again, there is there's a wider issue uh, about the funding of, of um, adult social care and funding of, of um, housing for young people. And obviously, that's, that goes way beyond Milton Keynes Council. Uh, but it shouldn't be the, you know, the, the responsibility of... of, of, of for people in a few streets in West Bletchley to have to, to sort of pay the costs for this. Now, Milton Keynes Council have a responsibility. They've had months to come up with an alternative, and they came up with nothing, really. And, and there were some, there were some um, changes uh, that have been sort of proposed in a management plan, um, but those things cannot be enforced as conditions. And, and I think our concern is that once this has been approved, um, it's, it's very much a question of... Um, you know, of really sort of crossing our fingers and hoping it will be sorted out. And the problem that residents have is that their experience over the last years and through several different um, managers of, of that site is that it, it never works out like that. When I mean, the... We, we uh, are, yes, Tony, sorry, Tony, sorry, to interrupt. When the residents um, have complained to you at West Bletchley Council, did you pass those complaints on to Milton Keynes Council? Yes, we did. I mean, the, 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 there is a bit of a... A bit of a confusion. The, the report that's, that's gone, that, that went in last night, was talking about crimes and reported crimes. There was a lot of you know, toing and froing over comparative crime data. Milton Keynes Council but, said that there was no yeah. evidence of, of residents having reported problems. There, there is. So there's a bit of a. There's a, there's a partly problem in that. that that's crime. Antisocial behaviour was reported. We definitely have passed it on. There were a whole load of old dossier reports from the last meeting uh, that went through, and, and, and there is there's definitely a real um, sort of crime. There was also the problem that when people are used to nothing happening, yes. uh, th- then there is, a, there is a disincentive to report things. Of course. It's something which, which is a problem. People, people are just fed up and don't think that anything will happen. But if, so you've, been, if you've been, the West Bletchley Council has been passing on the complaints to Milton Keynes Council, why did they say last night there was no evidence of, of residents reporting problems? Well, as I said, I think that, that there was a misunderstanding because I think they were looking at, um, at crime. Um, and a deliberate misunderstanding, crime. do you think? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. I just think that it's, it's, it's unfortunate that we're talking about these things. It's not just about things being reported to the police. It's about people recording day in, day out antisocial behaviour. Mm. I mean, what we will be doing is, is hoping, you know, 
make the best of what we've got from the situation uh, and make sure that we can actually work together. And, and certainly some of the councillors last night were very clear, and while they couldn't make it a planning condition, they were very clear they wanted some Mungos and Nunkins Council, so, um, Social Services Department, to, to work with the parish and to work with um, the enforcement people uh, to actually try and record data and, and talk to residents and, and have residents involved in, in managing the problem so it doesn't get as bad as it could do. Tony, I appreciate your time this morning. Thanks very much for joining us again. That's Councillor Tony Mabbott from West Bletchley Council. 7.29, let's get the travel news now with um, Alice Glossop. Or is it all just hot air? No, it's pollution. Okay. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. This catchphrase is working out so well for you, Ian. Thank you. <laughs> on this oh, oh, hang on. Sorry. Um, I, I, I took that at face value. Were you being sarcastic? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, OK. I just in, thought that time it really related well. In that case, Alice, <laughs> I apologise for thinking ill of you. Thank you. Away you go. <laughs> on the speed sensors in Hitchin, the A602, very heavy, heading towards the centre of town at the moment. And also on the sensors in Luton, airport way heavy as you approach the Kidneywood roundabout to join the motorway. On the M25 anti-clockwise, things are stop-start on the cameras between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. But public transport's still doing really well. We've got no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The Fire Brigade's union says Luton Borough Council could be charged for call-outs to a block of flats in the town because of a faulty alarm system which has resulted in call-outs up to five times a day. But Beveridge's Assistant Chief Fire Officer Simon Barker told this programme they were happy to work with the council. A controversial homeless shelter in Milton Keynes will stay open despite complaints from residents about anti-social behaviour. Councillors last night gave St Mungo's in Bletchley permission to continue as a hostel. And the main railway line in and out of the south Southwest of England reopens later this morning, two months after the track at Dawlish in Devon was severely damaged by the winter storms. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Police investigations are continuing after seven players from football league clubs in northwest England were arrested in connection with alleged spot fixing in matches. It's being widely reported that these seven include the former Luton player Keith Keane, who's now with Preston. Luton starts a run of three successive home games tomorrow. Victory in all three will guarantee the Hatters' promotion, regardless of what happens to rivals Cambridge. First up, John Still's side host struggling Aldershot, with fans hoping promotion will be secured by a Luton win rather than a Cambridge result when Luton don't play. I understand. Understand that, and, and and if you was to write a book, that's how you'd write it. Mm. You would, uh, but this is football, and if it happens, we don't know when it'll happen. But when it happens, I'm sure everyone will be delighted. Watford will aim to den former manager Sean Dyche's hopes of automatic promotion when they host Burnley. Defender Lloyd Doyley is injured. Striker Fernando Forestier is still missing, but Marco Cassetti and Jonathan Bond are now both fit. Stevenage continue their relegation battle at bottom club Shrewsbury. Also in League One, Milton Keynes Dons are away to Coventry at Northampton. Carl Robinson's side are without Ben Reeves for the rest of the season. He's got an ankle problem which he occurred in training. Uh, innocuous really, he went to have a shot and someone just sort of slightly shoulder barged him. And as he was in extension striking the ball, he continued and kicked the floor. And 
affected his ankle. That's how, that's how innocuous it was. It, was, it wasn't a tackle. It wasn't anything to do with it. It was just that someone just had to sort of show the wild as he was shooting. So we do look now he's going to be out for the season. And Wickham are just three points above the League Two relegation zone ahead of tomorrow's home game against Dagenham. And practice gets underway later for Sunday's Bahrain Grand Prix, the third race of the season. Harvard's Lewis Hamilton is aiming to follow up last weekend's win in Malaysia, with the Milton Keynes Red Bull team also back in contention after Sebastian Vettel's third place. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Interesting. Sky's in the building and what that means is good coffee. Good coffee, that's what that means. And good company. Well. um, And good humour. Yeah, okay. And all round nice energy. And good gracious, is that tweed? And goodness gracious me. No. Oh. So, um, anyway, he's got the nice coffee and he made a pot of coffee. Mm. And then he drank the entire pot of coffee. More for him because A, he's going to be running around like um, someone at a rave in the late 80s who's bought some cheap speed. And then he's going to be spending an inordinate amount of time sat on that toilet because that coffee really does work the innards. But, 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 but... I remember yesterday... Yes, I remember Kath- yesterday. Catherine, very kindly, took us to the posh hotel over the road, bought us all breakfast. Yep. Bought us all breakfast. On my meagre salary. Yep. A couple of days ago, I took us to Prisoners. Not quite so posh. Yeah, we, you said we couldn't go to the posh hotel. I didn't, I didn't fancy the posh hotel. Yeah, I fancied the front. Because you were And I bought all of us breakfast. Mm-hmm. In- oh, that's just Justin. <laughs> I bought us all breakfast, including Scoyne. So you bought Scoyne's breakfast yesterday. Yeah. I bought Scoyne's breakfast the other day, which is fine. I, I, it's absolutely fine. It's a real pleasure. It's a pleasure to, to see my team enjoying a good nosh up. Good nosh down. Good chow down. Good good nosh. I like seeing Kelly with a mouthful of sausage. I do. I know you do. Um, but Scoyne's, Scoyne's uh, has drank all of the coffee himself... And not shared any with us, the people who fed him. It's cold, isn't it? It's cold behaviour. Cold as ice. It's as cold as ice. Willing yeah. to sacrifice his friendship. Scoins, if you are listening, you can of course amend this by making us some coffee. Making do the us, right thing, Scoins. Do the right do the right thing as Spike Lee, Spike Ooh. Jones. Oh, someone's left Maybe the phone. Spike so. Jones. Um uh, he's he's messaged me, Soz got to do some filming later, Apolls. <laughs> Doesn't feel very uh, appalled. What does that mean? Got to do some filming later. Yeah, what, what's, what's that got to do with right now? now? Can you believe this, Just? Oh, shocking! Absolutely shocking. Wait, Catherine buys the team breakfast yesterday. I yep. bought the team breakfast the other day. I bought the yep. team breakfast before. Just want to throw that out there. Oh, hang on a second. Yeah. Hang on a second. Whoa, Special powers coming back into the mix. Do you know why? Why? Because uh, during the news headlines with Simon, I was just thinking about breakfast, and I thought, do you know what? Today, I'm going to go and buy you guys breakfast. What? Special powers again. Yes. You were about to talk about breakfast. I'm thinking about breakfast. I think a lot of people are thinking about breakfast. No, 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 no. no. We're talking about our breakfast. We're the breakfast show. Special powers. Again, I've proven to you I do have these special powers. What that is, and it, it, he does have special powers. If you don't believe us, read uh, his interview in the Radio Times where it's printed. <laughs> I can't believe you actually said that in the interview. It's true. It's a cough phenomenon. Yeah. It's a cough phenomenon, guys. Something like, like a phenomenon. Something like a phenomenon. Something like a phenomenon. Something like a phenomenon. Something like a phenomenon. Yeah. Something like a phenomenon. Yeah. Something like a phenomenon. Whoa. Something like a phenomenon. Something like a phenomenon. Oh, no. Come on. 
<laughs> anyway, all I'm saying is, Paul Scoynes, you are a complete and utter... <laughs> now, what, Catherine, why have we got Justin on? What's happening here? We need to know how badly people are being affected by the cloud of pollution that's currently hanging over us like a cloud of pollution. Are you feeling a bit peaky? Outside this morning? Well, I have to say, it's um, not particularly pleasant. Um, the sky is very, very grey, but I don't know anybody who's been affected by so-called bad air pollution in the last two days. How are your lungs? My lungs are absolutely fine. I, I mean, I've not been affected. In saying that, though, of course, I haven't got asthma. So, I mean, no. Sky News yesterday, we, we were watching this, weren't we, whilst having breakfast, and it was just non-stop coverage Bre- of somebody on a roof of a building. It kept saying breaking news as mm. poor Naz, the weather girl, was yeah. stuck up on the roof. Absolutely. So, I'm out this morning. What um, was it like? Because I was in London yesterday. I was in London all day yesterday and it was it was a little bit grey. It was a little bit hazy. Uh, had I not been informed it was pollution, I guess that would have thought it was just a bit of a grey day. But yeah. it was, it, it, there was obviously something going on. What was it like up here, Justin, during the day? Was it? Could you see it? Well, it was just, just like a normal day to me. It just oh. looked like it was a, a horrible, nasty grey day. Uh, the sun came out in the afternoon. It's grey again this morning. But um, if you want me to find out, Ian, if people have been affected by the air pollution crisis uh, in the last couple of days I'll uh, certainly do that for you sir Lovely, I would like you to do that mm. if you can ask people if they're feeling a bit peaky Absolutely. Justin, thank you very much indeed Thank you. Now I'm thinking about it, I feel a little bit peaky uh, yeah. Do you know what Kath has? Yeah, I do. I've, yeah, I it's mean, a thing I like to call oh. square egg syndrome Oh yes, If right. you say something yeah. she will either buy it or yeah. feel it <laughs> The really? time you Not mentioned square you. eggs if I, if I say it, she'll feel it <laughs> <laughs> Not, Not just, just you, you but in general. I'm quite suggestible. Buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Pervert. Guys? You Stop guys now, let's silly. move on. Okay, let's move on. Right. But, to, but try, um, it. try it. Something else. Okay. Say something that no. you bought and she will think that she needs it. I can't... I don't the square w- eggs went down... Well, actually... My children now are prepared for the, um, the unexpected, so it's getting a bit more difficult to um, shock and stun. Do you know what I think you're missing? The carrot sharpener. <laughs> Get a carrot sharpener. Can't believe you don't have one. What I'd like to do with a sharpened carrot. Yes, uh, yes. Paul Scoynes, I hope you're listening. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If uh, you want to give us a call, let's have a quick look at the front page of the papers. There's some men wearing silly outfits. Who are they? They are the Swiss Guards. <clears throat> See, I've got a frog in my throat. Is that the? Uh... <clears throat> is that it? Peaky. Is that me feeling peaky? Smog in your throat. Sorry. You've got smog in your throat. No, it's a frog in my throat. Smog in your throat. It's, it's hot air. A phenomenon. She is the Queen. She's arriving at the Vatican. Good for her. Uh, fury grows as expenses round minister clings to job. Don't repeat mistakes, ethics chief warns MP. Parliament's ability to police itself was called into question yesterday as a cabinet minister clung to her post. Is, is fury really growing? Who is it? This is the um, culture secretary, Maria Miller. Um, who um, has uh, agreed to pay just under £6,000 back uh, from expenses, uh, and she apologised. Is Fury growing, or is it just LBC and some of the newspapers that are are getting mock-furious? I'm not that fussed by it. She's been told she's got to pay back £5,800, so guess what? She's paying back £5,800. There was a furore yesterday that her apology was only 27 seconds long. Well, how long? She's supposed to get on bended knee and wear a hair shirt and flog herself and beg for mercy. Is that what she's supposed to do? 
what she did, what it would appear, wasn't deliberately um, uh, illegal. She wasn't particularly helpful with the the investigation. But she's paying it back. She said, sorry. Is, Is Fury really growing as expenses round minister clings to job? I think that this along with uh, Europe, are one of those stories that newspapers and Sky and the BBC and various other phone-in shows would like to think we are all up in arms about, that we're all, we're all excited about, when actually most of us, most of us, I think, don't care. Most of us... And if I'm wrong, could you give me a call on this? 08459 455 555. I think that most of us don't care about Europe, and we don't. We're not furious that uh, an expe- uh, uh, expenses round minister clings to job. We're not furious, are we? Could you give me a call and let me know? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Smog danger levels bring rush to dial 999. Smog levels that top the government's official scale in parts of the country led to soaring ambulance calls for people with breathing difficulties. It was revealed yesterday. See, I felt, I felt a bit chesty yesterday. I was in London. But part of me thinks that was psychosomatic. It was just me thinking I should feel a bit chesty because everyone else is feeling a little bit chesty. What do you reckon, Dennis? Well, what, what you t- I haven't smoked a cigarette for eight years. Sorry? I said, if you're talking about chesty stuff... Yes. I, the last cigarette I smoked was eight years ago. Did you, did you feel chesty at all yesterday with um, Britain's no, pollution? No, I didn't, no. honestly. Um, I don't feel chesty about things like that. Mm. But, um, yeah, fair enough, I did ring you about these plane packets. Oh, yes, the, the, the plane packets is probably going to happen next year. They're going to get rid of the colourful packaging that adorns the uh, cigarette packets. Is it going to make a difference, Dennis? I don't think so, because you, you said you started smoking to impress a young lady. That was peer pressure. No, well, no, I, no, well, no I did it to annoy a young lady, oh, because, well, she, right. because she was a smoker, and I wanted her to stop smoking... She's the same girl I became a vegetarian for. I wanted her to stop smoking, and she wouldn't, so I was like, right, I'll have a fag then, and it annoyed her. Well, you see now, for the, for the youngsters, it's the, 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 we were smoking from peer pressure anyway. Now what they've got to do is get these plain packets of fags and buy a nice cigarette case. They can flash oh. it around and oh. say, I'm sophisticated, I am. Bond style cigarette case. Yeah. We don't, we don't want what I mean, in the old days, people used to... Posh people used to buy the fags in this fancy packet yeah. and immediately put them into a case yeah. and throw the, throw the box away. So it, I don't honestly see it's going to make a difference. I don't think it's going to... Maffin Hanslope has texted in, surely all cigarettes look the same out of the packet of course they do. and very young smokers do not really care what brand they are and can't buy them anyway. Then as they get 15, a white packet is easier to hide from their parents. Anyway, must go, thousands of cigarette cases to design. So he's having the same thought as you. Oh, well, why not? I, I bought one for my father-in-law because I used to give him uh, Navy cigarettes which had a blue band around them, which he didn't show around, so he bought a case. My granddad used to smoke Senior Service. Yeah. Do you remember Senior Service? Yes. They were a stinky cigarette. Yeah. And my dad went through a thing of smoking... He obviously got them off the back of a lorry, Galois. Yeah. The, sm- the, sm- the French cigarette <laughs> French that, that smelled of dog... Yeah, right, right. It smelled, it smelled of poo. Yeah, I know. Dennis, thank you very much. He must have got them. He must have got them from a, a dodgy mate because he wouldn't. Have, that stuff stank. Was he getting existentialist on it? So, uh, no, my, <laughs> my father was not anywhere near an existentialist. But it really was a horrible, 
What are they called? Galois? Galois. Is that the right term? <laughs> oh, disgusting. Yes. He mentioned uh, peer, peer group pressure there. I think that's a myth. I don't think I don't think peer group pressure is as um, uh, strong or existent as people say it is. Peer group pressure or knocking about with people who've got cigarettes and might chuck you on if you've had a few. I think that's what happened uh, when I was a teenager. At certainly. no point in my life did my friend say, "Oh, it, come on, have a cigarette," like Nick Oteen in adverts. Yeah, Nick Oteen. Come on, you, listen, Ian, you're so not cool not having a cig. Oh, they went. Do you want a cigarette? I went. No, thanks. All right. Anyway, so what are we doing later on today? Well, what it. would happen is you'd be you'd be having a few in the pub, yeah. and you'd say, "I oh, fancy one of those," yeah. and your friend would let yeah. you have one. And at no point did they say, "Come on, Ian, come on, try try some drugs with us. Try some, come on, come on, drink some more beer." They never used that voice they used in the beer. adverts, did they? No, I think the peer group pressure thing is a myth. My mate smokes it, smoking a cigarette. I don't fancy one, I don't smoke. Or, can I have one? Yeah, OK, nice. That was it. If you're hanging around with people who smoke and you're going to smell of it anyway, I think that's why people think I'll have a little toot on that. Oh, <laughs> if you want to have your say on uh, peer group pressure or cigarettes um, and, and the way they're packaged. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Or is it a load of hot air? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Milton Keynes on Standing Way, things look busy around the Kent Hills roundabout in both directions. Also in St Albans, the Hatfield Road, there are queues at the Catherine Street and on all approaches to the roundabout. In Hemel Hempstead on the speed sensors, the A414 is slow as you leave the centre of town between the Maylands Avenue traffic lights and the M1. And then on the M25, anti-clockwise, heavy going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Public transport, that's still looking good. We've got no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Or is it, Alice, all hot air? Possibly. <laughs> could, you, could you do me a favour? Could Absolutely. You, could you end your next bulletin with that line? Maybe, maybe that works better if you say it. Yep, sure. Would that be all right? Absolutely. Alice, speak to you later on. She's a good sport, Alice. She's good. She's going to go places. And she'll get there quickly because she'll know where all the traffic is. 7.47, it's Friday the 4th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Fire Brigades Union says Luton Borough Council could be charged for call-outs to a block of flats in the town because of a faulty alarm system, which has resulted in call-outs up to five times a day. But Bedfordshire's Assistant Chief Fire Officer has ruled out charges. A controversial homeless shelter in Milton Keynes will stay open, despite complaints from residents about antisocial behaviour. Councillors last night gave St Mungo's in Bletchley permission to continue as a hostel. And in sport, the former Luton player Keith Keane is reported to be one of seven players arrested yesterday in connection with alleged spot-fixing in matches. John in Milton Keynes, stay there, we'll come to you in a second, but before that, let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. The air quality is going to improve today because we've seen a change of wind direction overnight from a southeasterly to more of a westerly pushing in some fresher Atlantic air, so not the same pollution levels as we were looking at yesterday. Um, however, it is a bit of a grey, misty, murky start to the day. Things will brighten up into the afternoon. Should stay dry. We might just see one or two light showers around, but most places dry for most of the rest of the day. Some spells of sunshine developing a bit later on. This time it won't be quite so hazy. It's still going to feel warm, pleasant 
decent in the brightness and the sunshine, uh, but not quite as warm as it was yesterday. Um, so just a little bit cooler. Top temperatures of up to 15 or perhaps 16 degrees. That's 61 in Fahrenheit. Now, as we head through into this evening, the overnight period, it's going to stay dry. There'll be some clear spells around some misty conditions forming into tomorrow morning. Lows of 7 or 8 degrees Celsius. Quite unsettled over the weekend. It looks like it'll probably be a nice bright start to the day on Saturday, particularly across parts of Hertfordshire. Um, some sunshine around as well once that mist goes. Uh, but then clouding over into the afternoon. A few spots of rain, I think, by Saturday evening. And then some more significant rainfall on Sunday afternoon and the winds will start to freshen. So, um, yeah, quite unsettled over the weekend, but a pretty nice day today. Original British drama on BBC One. The Great War's volunteers didn't all choose the battlefield. Where are we going? Hospital 25A, not far from the front. Some chose conflict of a different kind. It's difficult for my nurses. Romantic conflict. This extra pairs of hands and feet. God knows we need them. They chose to save lives, to save their own. You didn't volunteer out of duty. You volunteered to escape. The Crimson Field, starring Hermione Norris and Sarando. Part of World and War One on the BBC. And drama. Sunday night at nine on BBC One and BBC One romantic HD. Romantic war and drama. Romantic war and drama. Okay. The war was so romantic and dramatic and wary. Okay, you done? I think I probably, I, I probably am, aren't I? I've just sent you some texts. Oh, should we have a little look at the texts? Let's have a little look at the texts. Ian, you're right about the expenses Maria Miller has been pulled up about. Isn't this what MPs do? Then the PM and party colleagues defend them until they have to resign. Why do you think this country is in such a mess? We are basically ruled by criminals for criminals to benefit, says Pat. Caroline says, a bit late because my hands were wet. But how about, is it all a lot of pie in the sky? Well, it's going to do pies! Well, it's not certainly not hot air. It's more hot. It's more pie. It's more of a pastry consistency. If you don't know what we're talking about, well, you should have been listed earlier. It's all I could be bothered to say. Is the pollution making you feel peaky? Uh, Call me now, uh, Mr. Lee. Well, when people call me Mr. Lee, they're, they're angry with me. Let's Is see it what... Janet? She always calls you Mr. Lee. Yeah. We should be up in arms when anyone abuses their position when paid from the public purse. After all the furore over the expenses, MP should still be on the fiddle. John from Datchworth. Ian, the politician should lose her job. After the last round of MPs robbing from the taxpayer, you would think they would be more careful or choosy about what is acceptable. They know right from wrong, or certainly they should do. Theft is theft, tucker. Or maybe it was a mistake. Is it true that since the... Ch- and I don't, I'm asking this to you, you won't know the answer necessarily, uh, but maybe someone listening to this starts. Is it true, I heard this on the radio yesterday, that since the changes to the rules and MP expenses, after, after the whole scandal, what they can and can't claim, that the um, amount uh, uh, given to MPs for expenses has gone up. Do you know, I don't know the answer, but there's a man upstairs drinking coffee who should... Scoinsy. Yeah, Scoinsy, if you're listening, um, can you give us the answer to that, please? Yeah, make us a coffee. And also, is that true, that the amount uh, that MPs claim on expenses has gone up since the changes of the rules? This is what I heard on um, a reputable station yesterday. No, hang on, it was LBC. LBC. 
08459 John's in Milton Keynes. Morning, John. Morning, Ian. John, How are you, mate? I'm, I'm all right, thank you, John. I'm looking forward to the weekend. It's going to be a nice weekend. So, nice uh, smog, smog-free weekend, apparently. Well, it's, going to, it's all going to blow to France. Let them have it. Yeah. yeah their well, Germany. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. What have you got for me, John? Yeah, about the smoking thing. I think you had a um, Dennis from Dunstable on a, bit, uh, probably, a few weeks ago. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's on every Friday. Yeah, yes. um, yeah, I think with the, the smoking thing, um, I don't know if you remember back, uh, I think you're about the same age as me, yeah, Ian, back to Dynasty, where Joan Collins was in a position of power, and she'd, she'd like, smoke that long yeah. cigarette. Was that, was Dynasty, was that the same as Dynasty? Dynasty, yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. and she'd, she'd smoke that, that cigarette on that long um, cigarette holder, yeah. and it's like a level of sophistication yes. and power. Her and I mean? Beth Lynch, got, yes. It's got that sort of power, and sometimes when you see um, old movies from the 60s and 70s of, like, um, criminal bosses and all that, and they're yes. in a position of power, and they lean back in their chair in their office, you know, yeah. like... And they're warm that desk, and they're leaning back, and they're smoking, puffing a cigar. You know it's a I mean? wonderful picture. Isn't it great with his words and his descriptions, John? Better than um, some of the people working on this show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? I'm sort of picture that. Yeah, Ian. I'm picture picturing it. it. I'm there. I'm there. You sort of like your picture, and you're you're in position of power, yeah. and someone's in your office, and you're basically giving them <laughs> orders, and, and they're basically. Um, got to listen to what you've got to say. You're giving them orders, and yes. if they don't follow your orders, you're going to punish them. And yeah. at the same time, you're yeah. sitting back in your chair, yeah. puffing your massive cigar. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why are you telling me this, though? It's a great image, but why are you telling me this? No, no, I'm just, oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just feeling a bit silly this morning, Ian. You know? <laughs> John, go, 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 and, go and puff on a... Are you a, if you smoke cigars, does that, count, that counts as smoking, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess it does, but it's a social thing. It's yeah. like, um, you know, yeah. like you offer someone a cigar, yeah. you know, that sort of thing, you know, like a cigar box. Imagine having a cigar box, yeah. you know, a walnut cigar box. Yeah. Even if you don't smoke, imagine that. John, I'm imagining it. Go and go and tr- go, listen, everyone. Go and treat yourself to some, some cigars. Some cigars. Go and buy some cigars today. Don't. It's bad. Go and buy some cigars and have a big puff. I bought some cigars once. Oh, flipping heck! They're horrible. We went to Cuba, and you have to buy them there. It's almost the law. It's the law. Some of them are huge. Yeah. Um, and they will make you feel sick. What the Cubans? Bit racist, Catherine. Turn your mic off there, so you can't come back. And I made you look bad. Now, here's a story. You may remember back in 2011, 21-year-old Billy Dove was fatally stabbed in the centre of Hemel Hempstead. It was a big story, and it's a story that we've uh, certainly covered on BBC Three Counties Radio a lot. He'd been out for a few drinks with his friends who were approached by a gang of people when the attack happened. Well, now a charity set up in Billy's memory has received a prestigious Crime Beat Award for its school-based anti-knife education programme. Justin Dealey has been speaking to Paul Dove, Billy's dad, to get his reaction on winning this award. Everything, everything for Billy. Uh, it's amazing, all the, uh, all the work they've done behind the scenes, and uh, it's unbelievable. It's a fantastic achievement by everybody concerned, the people of Emil, the trustees of Billy's Wish. Uh, everybody, they've just carried me through it, because the emotional time has been hard, very hard. And it's not just this award, of course. You've uh, got a grant of £8,000 from David Lloyd, the Hertfordshire Police and Crime Commissioner. Yeah, fantastic news that. It's just getting better and better and better. And uh, the more money, the better, because obviously it gives us more things to work with and uh, to keep them all safe and surrounding areas, hopefully. We're here in your living room. There's this huge, lovely photograph of Billy behind us. This charity, explain to us how proud you are and... And what this charity really means to you as, as Billy's dad? It means everything to me, obviously, to keep my name, boy's name going, especially on behalf of Hemel Hempstead and all the people who loved him in it. Uh, this charity will never die. It'll just get bigger and bigger and bigger. With the charity and, and what you're doing, 
I think I've mentioned this to you in the past. Has it, has it almost helped with the bereavement process? Yeah, I'm starting to get a bit better. Uh, it's been hard from the start, but as I said before, the, the, the trustees, my partner Tanya and Sally, my sister, and Jan Madden and Fee and uh, Michelle and plenty more, they've just been absolutely fantastic. And all you want is, is to prevent this from happening to, to anybody else's child? No, I wouldn't want anybody else to go through this. As in our Kinsella family, it's uh, it's never ending. It does never end, and it will never end. But if we can save one life, it's all been worth it. So uh, Paul Dove, Billy's dad, speaking to Justin Dealey, and he really is uh, an inspiration, isn't he? Well, Jan Madden was mentioned there. She's the director of Billy's Wish. Morning, Jan. Oh, Jan, you're on that fader. Sorry. Morning, Jan. Good morning, Ian. Jan, Billy's Wish is the charity. What exactly does it do, and what does it hope to achieve? Um, well, we've got many arms to Billy's Wish. Some of them are ideas that are in the pipeline. But what we've been working on for the last year and a half is an anti-knife crime education programme. And the original plan was that we would we would put together a series of uh, films and lesson plans that would go into years six, seven and eight in the schools in decorum. It was very much about decorum when we first started. Um, that was delivered into the schools to be taught uh, by the teachers in the lessons last October. There's a complete package that's gone into schools with explanations. It's got training videos on. It's got everything on it for the teachers so that they've just got to look through it and then they can teach it. Um, but the response from Hertfordshire Constabulary has been absolutely fantastic. They came to our launch day when we launched it to the head teachers and requested that we roll it out across the whole of Hertfordshire. Of course, that's a very big difference between 70 schools in Hemel Hempstead and, and um, Dilcorum and then the 500 schools mm. that are around the county. So we've got a huge job on now to get it um, right across the county. We're also talking to MPs about even taking it wider than that into London and maybe nationwide. And this award, it's obviously it's a big deal. What, what difference will it make to Billy's Wish? This is a fantastic thing for us because we have been battling um, since we started, really, to get enough funding uh, to move the programme forward. And because we've got such a fantastic response from the police, it gives us the credibility now. Um, We've got the police on our side. We've got the Hertfordshire High Sheriff on our side, Hertfordshire County Council. Justin Donovan, who's the Director of Education for Hertfordshire, is agreeing with the police that this needs to be taught in the schools. He's actually seen the programme. And um, this gives us the credibility to go for funding from other sources. You know, we desperately need funding. This is a huge job we've got on our hands now, with costs involved. Jan, very quickly, if people want to get in touch, if they want to help or if they want to find out more, what, what, where's the best way to find you? Uh, Billy's Wish, www.billyswish.co.uk. Well, listen, well done. Congratulations on the good news and, and, and keep up the good work and no doubt we'll speak again in the future, Jan. Thank you so much, Ian. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. Bye-bye. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors at the Clop Hill roundabout, all approaches looking quite heavy at the moment. Also in Hitchin, the A505 and A602, both slow as you head towards the centre of town. The M25 anti-clockwise, heavy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio, or is it all hot air? Yes, she did it! I think there's something in Alice. I'm, I'm tempted to give Alice that catchphrase. I think it worked. 
I think we'll, we'll discuss it later. We're going to do it again at quarter past and we'll, we'll discuss it in more detail. I'll shut up now, though. Here's the news with Simon. Where's my coffee, Scoins? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. The headlines. Fire service rules out charges for false alarms at Luton Flats. Milton Keynes homeless hostel to stay open. And travellers shown the red card at Bedfordshire football pitch. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Fire Brigades Union says Luton Borough Council could be charged for call-outs to a block of flats in the town because of a faulty alarm system which has resulted in call-outs up to five times a day. The council admits that the false alarms have been happening for the last two weeks at Aquath Court on Hockwell Ring. They hope to replace them next week, but Bedfordshire's Assistant Chief Fire Officer Simon Barker told this programme they were happy to work with the council. We've certainly not had any discussions with the Borough Council around charging and it's not something that we're considering at this moment in time. In fact we've been working really, really closely with the Borough Council around solutions etc. We've had fire safety officers actively engaged with the Borough Council housing officers to try and address the issues. A controversial homeless shelter in Milton Keynes will stay open despite complaints from residents about anti-social behaviour. Councillors last night gave St Mungo's in Bletchley permission to continue as a hostel because the council has no other options if it closes. Bletchley councillor Elaine Wales says she's disappointed. If it had been a private company, I think it would have been thrown out. Because it was the council's own planning permission, it went through and I'm just so angry that it's gone through and they've got to wait till July 2015 now to go for this all again. The mainline rail service to Cornwall and much of Devon is running again. It's two months since the line was broken at Dawlish by violent storms. The repair operation has cost Network Rail £15 million and has been completed in time for the busy Easter holiday season. Malcolm Bell is from Visit Cornwall. There were many, when they said it would be completed within six to eight weeks, were talking six to eight months and were being very cynical. And I looked at it and thought, that's going to be quite a job. So, uh, you know, 10 out of 10, if not uh, 20 out of 10 for the efforts to get it open so soon and what sterling work they've done. A charity set up in memory of a Hemel Hempstead man who was stabbed to death in the town has received a prestigious award. 21-year-old Billy Dove died in 2011. The charity Billy's Wish has been given the award for its school-based anti-knife education programme. Billy's dad Paul says the charity has helped him cope. It's a fantastic achievement by everybody concerned, the people of Hemel, the trustees of Billy's Wish. Uh, everybody, they've just carried me through it because the emotional time has been hard. Very odd. A junior football team in Bedfordshire are without a pitch for their games this weekend after travellers moved onto the site near Junction 12 of the M1. The travellers have been served an order to leave the pitch close to the Poplar's Garden Centre today, but Toddington Rovers chairman Jake Kirby told this programme another pitch has now been occupied. We understand that people need somewhere to live and somewhere to settle, but this is uh, you know, an area that's specifically marked out for children to play football on. We have nearly 200 children as members of our the village club and the vast majority of them will not be able to play football possibly not only this weekend but moving forward the weather cloud breaking up this morning to leave a mainly dry and sunny day a maximum temperature 17 degrees celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties 
BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a lovely place to live. You've got the river in front of you. It's all about where you live. I personally can't say a bad thing about it. And all this week, we're featuring Shefford and Chicksands. Surrounded by wildlife, with lovely vistas to look at. It's a really friendly, lovely place to come to. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. The coffee has arrived. I'm going to um, just issue a description of what I can see in the studio next door. It will mean very little to very few of you, but the way that Paul Scoynes, Kelly Betts and Catherine Boyle are lined up, they look like um, the front line of The Who during the video of Who's Better, Who's Best. Yeah, you're Daltrey. Uh, Catherine, you're Townsend. I'm really sorry, Paul. Your ant whistle. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, the bass player. If you, don't, if, you, if you know the video, you'll know exactly what I mean. If you don't, uh, go and look it up. There are worse things you can do with your time. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's five minutes past eight. It's Friday. It's almost the freaking weekend, baby. And I'm about to have me some fun. Ain't that the truth? Coming up in the last hour of the show before JVS at nine o'clock, false alarms, homeless teens, and, well, you feeling a bit peaky? Has the pollution affected you? We're also asking, will um, plain packaging on cigarettes, would it really have any effect on smoking and the number of people who take it up? I don't, I don't think it will. If you want to take part, been very busy on the phones this morning. We've got a couple of lines free, so now is an excellent time to call 08 459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Often say this, some of the best stories um, come from you, dear listener. If you have a story that you think we should be covering on the show, then do get in touch. You can email me directly, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk, I-A-I-N.L-E-E at bbc.co.uk. Well, the story we got yesterday was uh, was called in by Dave Luton. He called in to tell us that he keeps seeing firefighters with their lights and their sirens uh, going to Ackworth Court in Hockwell only to stand around with nothing to do. Well, he presumed it was because elderly residents were cooking chips or cooking eggs and then falling asleep. It's not. The truth is a little bit different. Here's what Area Commander Simon Barker told us. The fire alarm system is being revamped by the local authority, and that's caused us some issues in terms of um, false alarm actuations, to the point where we've actually been going out sometimes upwards of five times a day to what are false alarm calls. It's not just about the expense, it's about the number of mobilisations on blue lights because obviously with a high rise we mobilise a number of fire engines and of course we're putting the public at additional risk yeah. with uh, all the mobilisations. Well, we did ask Luton Borough Council to uh, join us on the show this morning to talk to us about this. They basically told us to jog on. They weren't that bothered, the fact that the, the fire service was being called five, six, seven times a day to a building because of their faulty alarms. That's not quite right, is it? What did, what did they say? They said they apologised for the inconvenience yeah. to residents, but, but they were going to be fixing the system as of Monday, and it would take a week. Yeah. Well, they, four days. But we're four days. About so it's Thursday or Friday, we're looking at. They're going to start on Monday. 
I just think it's disappointing they didn't come on. I wish they would. And say it. That's, that's, that's annoying, isn't it? Come on and put your point forward. Otherwise it sounds... It, I think people get the impression that, you know, they're, they're hiding something. I'm sure they're not, but we'd just like to hear it from the horse's mouth. Well, we can speak now to Robert Oxley, who's campaigns director for the Taxpayers' Alliance. Robert, what's your take on this waste of money? Well, no surprise that a politician or a council leader doesn't want to come on air and be held to account. It is a waste of money. Um, the, the constant false alarms uh, the, is not only a waste of firefighters' time, it puts other people in danger, because every time you've got a firefighter stood around Aqua Court, you know, that's a firefighter who can't respond to an urgent or real call elsewhere. And the, you know, the obvious costs of getting them out there and, and all that. So what I think is clear is that the council need to make sure that they're reducing the number of these false alarms because you know, everyone knows that there's the occasional you know, one or two false alarms. We've all been there. And you know, that's part of the thing of the emergency services being responding to, 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 to a call no matter what. But if you're going out five, seven times, you know, something needs to be done to address that because, quite frankly, it's not acceptable to have those firefighters just, you know, kind of ambling around there when they could be out there uh, potentially needed. And also, what I don't get, Robert, is that they, they've, knew, they've known about this for a while. They certainly knew about it yesterday when um, we, we contacted them. Yet they're not going to start work until Monday, and it's going to take them four days. So why don't they start work now and have it done by Monday or Tuesday? Well, clearly something should be done, because it seems like they're just showing an utter disregard, to be honest, to, to the fire service. Uh, and we, you do have systems out there at the moment, you know, we've seen London introduce this, where people have started charging for false alarms. Mm. Now, there's a, there's a, that's not a, an angle I want to go down as much, but, you know, if the council is acting like this, it's, you know, it's basically taking advantage of an emergency service, you can understand why, people, why those calls are going to be made, because you know, the fact that the council just don't seem to be that bothered about this, this waste of money and waste of time... It does you know, it will rankle with people? It rankles with me. It, it, what? What? what uh, it, it, yes, there is talk that you could possibly. There is an argument for possibly fining the the, the council for this, but then that'll be me that's paying, won't it? It'll be the taxpayers that, that end up paying. Absolutely, which is why you know instead of you know going down that route, I'd rather just see council bosses. Uh, responding to the fact that clearly there's a problem here, and rather than just putting it off, even if it's putting a measure in place just to uh, uh, you know, make sure that the, there aren't these constant false alarms. Because what also, what happens if there's a genuine alarm at that location? You know, if you're a firefighter and you've been called out five times to the same location with a false alarm, you know, well, I suspect you know, they maintain a huge amount of professionalism and will get out there as soon as possible. You'd be only human if you start thinking... Here we go again. Mm. You know, are we really going to get out there? And again, that undermines the safety of residents. So let's get serious about sorting this out because there's a danger that um, you know just taking this attitude will mean that a, a waste continues to go on, and b that actually the, the safety of other people is undermined. Robert, always good to talk to you. Thank you very much, Robert Oxley, uh, campaigns director for the Taxpayers Alliance. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number. Smog, we're hearing all the warnings. I've seen people on the news wearing face masks like them Japanese tourists. But the question is, is it making you feel peaky or is it a lot of hot air? 
Of course it isn't. It's pollution, but you, you, you get the idea. Justin's been getting the word on the street. I don't know which street you've been on, Justin. Morning, boss. Is, uh, it, is it a smoggy street? It's, which, you know, it's absolutely horrible this morning. It's, mm. it's grey, it's miserable. Um, Sky News have had reporters on rooftops for the last two days or so. Everyone seems to be talking about this. I think they've allowed the... Uh, just to clarify, I think Sky have let the reporters come down at night time. Right. They've <laughs> not been right? living up there for two days. Yeah. yeah. We haven't put me on the roof yet, but um, I've been in Luton this morning talking to people about this, and people are experiencing problems. Oh. Take a listen. Ian wants to know this morning, are you feeling peaky? A wee bit. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about smog. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I was just looking out of there. You can feel it in your eyes. Seriously, what? you can? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not just psychological? No, 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 no. There's a difference between psychological and so. I was just about, I was just thinking to myself, I'm going to spend the rest of the morning indoors, just trying to get away from it. So you're now going to go home and yeah. close all the windows and stay indoors? Basically, yeah. Just for a, just for a day. Because I can feel it, seriously, I can feel it in my eyes, so why not? Madam, the smog, are you feeling the effects of this smog? I think a little bit. Just the breathing feels a bit tight, that's all. I think so, everything feels a bit more heavy and oppressive. Well, the young lad that I work with actually told me yesterday he thought he could taste it in the air yesterday. I mean, I don't suffer with asthma. I suppose the asthma sufferers really do. Is he an asthma sufferer? Don't think so, not as far as I know. So he just came in and said, I can taste the pollution in the air. I've come out of my house this morning, I can taste the pollution, but it comes from Flitic. Maybe it's worse over there, I don't know. Not got a clue what the first fella said, but I got from the tone of his voice he was unhappy. <laughs> He's very unhappy, and the last couple of days his eyes have been very, very sore. He's now on his way home. He's going to be closing all of his windows. He wow. will not be leaving his house today because he says the air pollution is there and he is certainly feeling the effects. Is it really... I mean, is it really that bad? I saw it yesterday in, in London, and I, I felt a bit chesty on the way home, but I think, I'm sure that was psychosomatic. I'm sure it's yeah. just because I'd heard so much about it on the radio and the news. I mean, you think so. I mean, personally, as I say, I haven't experienced any problems, but you've heard people there, somebody going home, somebody as well, who, who came into work yesterday saying they could taste this pollution. Who else listening this morning can can taste the pollution mm. in the air? It's all rather strange. Just what are you doing for the rest of the show? Uh, more on air pollution, I think, or okay. smoking, whatever you want. Link there, you see? Yeah, there is a link there. I don't know what... what is it your call? You can either do pollution or you can do um, the plain fag packets. Whatever you fancy. Mm, why don't we go for uh, plain cigarette packaging? Should we have a because go Because it's not going to make any difference at all. We all know that, don't we? I don't think it will make. No. I, the only people it could possibly influence are people who are getting into smoking, but I've said that out loud and I don't know why that would be the case. If you're at school and somebody has got a packet of cigarettes, packaged or not, uh, it's all down to peer pressure. You talk to any smoker, it's got nothing to do with the packet. If somebody's going to influence you, it's not about the packet, it's about the cigarette, it's about peer pressure. So, Well, I don't, I don't see, I don't think peer pressure exists. I, I did not start smoking because my friends were like, oh, go on, you, oh, you look like an idiot because you don't smoke. Like, mm. It's not why I started smoking, it's not why I started drinking, it's not why I started doing any of the uh, things that I used to do. Interesting. I don't, I'm not convinced by Pib. Anyway, go out there, Just, see what you mm. can find. We'll speak to you before nine. Yep, take care. Cheers, my dears. Ta-ta. Uh, a few texts and a few Facebook comments, sorry, on uh, the, uh, the, the plans to introduce plain packaging on cigarettes. Rob says, tomorrow it'll be back to back on bacon being bad for you. It keeps going around and around. Wait until no one in the UK smokes. Who will pay the tax then? People with asthma smoke. Why? People get lung issue but carry on smoking. I... Nettie says people will do what they want dangerous, crazy, unhealthy and defiance 08459 555 the, the changing of the cigarette packets to plain packaging it ain't going to do much is it or is it just 
load of hot air. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hitchin, the A505 and A602 both looking heavy as you head towards the centre of town still. And in Dunstable, the A5 struggling in both directions around the Luton Road. In Chesant, we've got the normal delays on the A10 southbound. That's slow between Turnford and Waltham Cross. And on the M25, anti-clockwise, slow going between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio, or is it all hot air? Yes! Where's my heads? 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 There's my heads! Day 16, it's Friday the 4th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The fire service say they have no plans to charge Luton Borough Council for call-outs to a block of flats in the town, despite a faulty alarm system which has resulted in call-outs up to five times a day for the last two weeks. A controversial homeless shelter in Milton Keynes will stay open, despite complaints from local residents about antisocial behaviour. Councillors last night gave St Mungo's in Bletchley permission to continue as a hostel. And in sports, Andy Murray is expected to be fit after a virus as Great Britain play Italy in their first Davis Cup quarter-final for 28 years. BBC Three Counties Radio. When you need local news. The headlines. Two jailed for the killing of a teenager in Luton. When you need local travel. Queuing northbound for Welling around Junction 5 up towards Nebworth. When you need local weather. We've got plenty more showers this afternoon, becoming more widespread and quite heavy at times. BBC Three Counties Radio is here with local up-to-date news and travel bulletins throughout the day. You'll always be up-to-date. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Jonathan Vernon-Smith is joining me in the studio. Good morning. We're both... Good morning. We're both feeling a little bit, um, relaxez-vous, s'il vous plaît. Oh. I like just feel, I'm, I'm feeling relaxed. Look at you, I'm you get, are. I'm getting the vibe from you that yeah. you're a little... It's the weekend. I know. It's the freaking weekend. I'm going for a curry with my mate Ern tonight. Oh. Yeah. Any almond? Yeah. Nice curry. Yeah. Why might I go for a curry? Tonight? Curry and a couple of cobras. Ooh. That's a good Friday evening, isn't I'm it? I'm going to be in Birmingham tonight. Are you Yeah, really? I like Birmingham. I'm going to be staying in Birmingham tonight, so I'm, I might go out for a little cheeky curry Ooh, in Birmingham. Why not? Yeah. They do a good curry in Birmingham? Yeah, I'm sure Birmingham does a good curry. Oh. I, I reckon they must Well, do. if anyone knows of a good curry house in Birmingham... Beautiful. Then let Ian know. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll go have, check it out. I'll have a little bit of that tonight, actually. Will you? Yeah. What, what's your favourite dish? Um... Uh, well, um... Are you eating meat now or not? No. You, oh, you've gone back, have you? I, I'm only eating meat when I want to annoy my wife. Oh, I see. But then I don't tell her I've eaten the meat. That'll teach her. How, but what about fish? Do you eat fish? No, I'm a vegetarian again. Well, they're not real animals, are they? They've got eyes and they can smile. What about prawns? I've never had a prawn. I don't like the look of them. I don't trust a prawn. You can see their, um... Yes. Remains. Well, have a prawn bolty. Oh, I don't like the idea of a prawn. No? No, it makes... It, honestly, it's made me... Prawns make me feel a bit uncomfortable and anxious. Do they? Well, they do me too. Yeah. But I don't eat anything from the sea. Do you like your curries hot? No, not too hot. Ooh. I don't like them hot that, you know, you regret the following day. Oh, no, I don't like that, but I do like uh, a little bit of danger. 
Do you? I like to live on the wild side. Do you? I don't mean like with transvestites and stuff, like right. Lou Reed was, just in case <laughs> anyone has made the Lou Reed connection. I don't mean that. I mean I like hot curries. Really? Yeah. I go out on, uh, on on lads' curry nights now. They invite me. I think it's just for humorous purposes, for irony. And uh, some of the lads, yeah. they have curries that are so hot they break out into a sweat. Yeah, yeah. sweaty heads. It's like a, like a masculine thing. And then they all talk about how sweaty and how ruined they're going to be the next day. Ian's on the M1. Morning, Ian. Morning, Ian. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. What would you like to say? Yeah, Imran on uh, Lady Pool Road in Birmingham, mm-hmm. left Maltby. It's yeah. in the multi, it's in the multi circle as well, multi triangle. Where, 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 where is it? it where, who is it? Where is it? What is it? It's called Imran, and it's on Lady Pool Road. Okay, I'll, I'll check. Is it good? Is it worth going? Absolutely top notch. Yeah. Imran's on Lady Boy Road. No. Lady Paul Road, Lady, not Lady Boy. Lady, oh, Lady Paul, Road. Paul Road. Yes, I've never been to Birmingham. Oh, you should go. It's nice. I, I don't know what kind of thing goes on. There. Oh well, the, the, you could anything, pretty much. Really? Thank you for that, Ian. <clears throat> Lovely. And by the way, can I just say, if any transvestites want to join me for a curry, they're more than welcome to. I'm not <laughs> anti-transvestites. I see. Before this turns into a <clears throat> thing, what's on your show this morning? Yeah, sorry, I, I've got the frog in my throat as well. Is it the pollution? This, I don't. Do you think it is? <clears throat> I've had it this morning, and I had yes. it a little bit yesterday. May- I- oh, perhaps we've got pollution in our throats. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. Coming up on the big phone in today, I hope you'll be excited about this subject. OK, let's Should see. alcoholics be oh. given a new liver if they've damaged their own? Do you know what? I heard this on Five Live this morning. I thought, oh, JVS. Yeah, JVS, yeah. it's in the, uh, in the Guardian today. It's their top story. People who have nearly drunk themselves to death are being considered for liver transplants for the first time. Previously, people with severe alcohol-associated hepatitis were excluded from consideration because the prognosis was so poor. Now, a new NHS pilot scheme will treat people aged 18 to 40 who are seeing a doctor for the first time about their liver disease. That's the crucial thing. It has to be a first-timer. Research shows that this approach may save people from a rapid death. NHS Blood and Transplant have told journalists that whilst some people are uncomfortable with the idea of giving new livers to heavy drinkers, ultimately they transplant organs to human beings, not to angels. Mm. Well, from nine this morning, I really want your views on this. Should alcoholics be given a new liver if they've damaged their own? What do you think, Ian? Are they... Now, I need to look at this in a little, little bit more detail before I can give my full and final opinion. Okay. Are they, they... They've obviously damaged their liver through alcohol abuse. Yes. Are they severe. S- severe alcohol yeah. abuse. Are they still alcoholics? Are they still drinking heavily? Or have they managed to stop drinking heavily? These would be people who have turned up at, at the hospital yep. so ill... So unwell because of their drinking. But the hospital have never encountered them because of drinking before. Mm. They'd have to be 18 to 40, and the hospital would have to say, OK, well, look, you've nearly killed yourself because of your drinking. You've got to stop drinking now. If you stop drinking now, we'll give you a new liver. That's how it'll work. It wouldn't be enough to stop those people drinking. The majority of those people drinking. You don't think so? It wouldn't be enough to stop them. But I mean, look, at, look at George Best. Yes, but people always use that example, don't they? But there are lots of alcoholics who, who do stop. Oh, yes, they do. Lots and lots. I know lots of alcoholics who, who have stopped drinking. But uh, them just saying, oh, forgive you, you, I'll give you a new liver, but you've got to stop. I don't think that will make the majority of them stop. But saying that, yes, I think they should have a, a shot. I think they should be. Really? Given. Yeah, I do. I do think they should be given a second shot. Why not? Why not? They're ill. They're ill. It's a disease. Uh, so, yeah, they should do, we should do our best to look after these people. If it meant, though, that somebody who was 
also very unwell yeah. with a uh, form of liver disease that they hadn't brought on through their own behaviour, yep. if it meant that that person didn't get that liver, is that fair? Oh, wait, 459 four, double, five, five, double, five. I shall be listening with interest from nine o'clock. Absolutely. Should alcoholics be given a new liver if they've damaged their own? It's the big phone in at nine. Should be a good one. Thank you, JVS. Yes. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Should be a good one at nine o'clock. I'll be listening to a little bit of that. Paul's in Biggleswade. Morning, Paul. Ian's in Luton. Morning, Luton. I've got it right in a minute, Ian. Yeah, it, oh. it, was, it was a good idea. I was trying to be clever, wasn't I? I you were trying to be clever, and the thing I've learnt, Paul, from past experience, never try and be clever. Uh, no one no one can ever pull it off apart from Stephen Fry. Uh, and even then... What can I do for you, Paul? About, about the fire engines going to Hockwell Ring five times yeah, five, a day. Yeah, five, six, seven times a day, yeah. Wouldn't it make sense just to have one fire engine actually permanently based there for, for the time being so that when the fire alarm goes off, they can just sort of send the man up the ladder up the steps and have a look, see if it's a genuine fire, and then bring all the rest of them in, or... Um, or, or not, as the case may be. Well, it's funny you should say, I, I don't think you can have a, a fire engine there, per se, but it did cross my mind, can't they have a fire warden or someone kind of stationed there? One person who has the authority to go and check the alarm and then phone up the fire brigade and say, false alarm, don't need to turn up here. Mm. Well, I think that makes very good sense. I either. think Luton Borough Council need to pull their finger out and instead of going and fixing the alarms on Monday, taking four days, they start doing it today. Well, Get it done by Monday. Yes, uh, that's a, a point. But then uh, I wonder how long it will actually take for them to, to fix it. You know, it, it might take them quite a long time. Well, it'll take four days for them to fix it, Paul. I've got to move on because I've got a lot. Busy show this morning. Paul, thank you for your call. Busy show. Uh, St Mungo's, the homeless shelter in Milton Keynes that we spoke about on yesterday's programme, will stay open, even though residents nearby say it's a haven for antisocial behaviour. Milton Keynes Council granted planning permission last night, saying it had nowhere else to put the youngsters. Well, Councillor Mick Legg is chair of the committee which gave permission, but he voted against it. What are your objections, Mick? Um, well, I, I just think, I'll, my, my own personal view is um, to support the residents, because I don't think... Um, Enough has been done to, miti- to mitigate the, um, the impact of the facility on the residents. But what the committee did decide last night, Ian, um, what we, uh, the condition of this going forward. Now, the, uh, the home has now got to come up with a management plan, um, which has to be agreed by the development control management team. Um, so, so, so we can monitor the impact of the, of the home on the residents. What management plan do they need? Surely, the, the, all they've got to say is, if you do drugs, we boot you out. If you go and put a brick through someone's window, you boot you out. If you go and shout at someone in the street, we boot you out. What, what more do they need to do? And how can you guarantee it's going to be enforced? Well, well, un, under under the development plans, we can. They are stuff which can be enforced. But we we've also made made a very made it very clear last night that we expect more staff to be on on duty when there are the troubled times. There's going to be one member of staff there overnight. Is that enough? Well, that, that we, we also added what we call an informative to the decision last night, which suggested we, we, want, more, we want it made clear to the management. We, we expect to see more staff there overnight, sort of like two or three. And uh, uh, is that actually going to happen? I thought was, the agreement, yeah. I thought the agreement was one member of staff overnight after 11. That, that, that was the original proposal in the paper, which went before committee, but, but there were several amendments made to the proposal last night, Ian. Um, and as I say, the, there was an informative and there was a condition of a management plan. Now, if, if the management plan 
it is made and it's not adhered to, then the council council have enforcement powers to take against the home. But 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 really, Mick, are they going to do anything? The council need to have a place for vulnerable young people. It wasn't um, shut after being refused last time. They're, they're going to let them get away with anything, aren't they? Well, no, no. Certainly, I can. I, I will give my public um, commitment today because. Of, as I say, I, I, I've represented that this area in the past, so I know it very well. I know it's right next to a school, so there are all sorts of um, issues around that area. I will give my... As long as I'm Chair of the Development Control Committee, I will make sure the management plan is in place and enforced, and I will work closely with both the Parish Council and officers to make sure it happens. Mick, residents have told us that there have been plenty of complaints, yet your committee and the council officers said there was no evidence of complaints. What happened there? Well... What, what the committee was saying, whilst there was a lot of anecdotal um, ev- uh, evidence around complaints, and, and what was clearly made clear from the residents' point of view, well, whilst they felt there was lots of incidents going on, that they, they weren't actually reporting them to the authorities because they felt that n- because nothing had been done for such a long time in the past, that n- what's the point of re- reporting them? And, and so when the committee came to consider it, in terms of... In terms of um, paper-based evidence there was only there was only a few incidents none of which could be guaranteed guaranteed were attributed to, to the hospital is it fair to say mick that milton Keynes council um uh, have favored st mungo's over the uh, other residents who live in that area no i don't th- i don't think that's fair. they said they seem to have ignored their concerns haven't they well they've listened to their, they, certainly I'm, i i listened to the concerns and certainly uh, and done nothing about it no, that's not true. I voted against it. So if, if I'd done nothing about it, I would have voted. But it still, it still got passed, though, didn't it? Well, so Milton Keynes Council, it would appear, have ignored yeah. the well, concerns that, of the local not, residents. That's democracy for us, isn't it? We, you know, we have a committee, everybody has a vote, and we have to abide by the committee's decision at the end of the day. Mick, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Um, we, we'll certainly uh, take on board your uh, commitment to ensuring that the management plan is followed. And, of course, if it isn't... We'll get you back on to have a little chat about it, but let's keep our fingers crossed that it is uh, enforced and is followed very closely. Councillor Mick Leck, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had an update from Maria on the M1 northbound. One lane is closed just before junction 14 for Milton Keynes after an accident. You can see on the speed sensors there are queues on the approach almost back to junction 13 for Bedford. In Luton on the speed sensors, Airport Way and London Road, both looking heavy to approach the Kidneywood roundabout to join the motorway. Also at the Park Street roundabout, all approaches looking busy at the moment. And the same goes for at the London Coney roundabout, the North Orbital, very heavy on the approach. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The fire service say they have no plans to charge Luton Borough Council for call-outs to a block of flats in the town, despite a faulty alarm system which has resulted in call-outs up to five times a day for the last two weeks. The council say they hope to replace the alarms at Ackworth Court on Hockwell Ring next week. A controversial homeless shelter in Milton Keynes will stay open despite complaints from residents about antisocial behaviour. Councillors last night gave St Mungo's in Bletchley permission to continue as a hostel. And a junior 
football team in Bedfordshire are without a pitch for their games this weekend after travellers moved on to the site near Junction 12 of the M1. The travellers have been served an order to leave the pitch used by Toddington Rovers close to the Poplars Garden Centre today. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton start a run of three successive home games tomorrow. Victory in all three will guarantee the Hatters' promotion, regardless of what happens to rivals Cambridge. First up, John Stills' side host struggling all the shot, with fans hoping promotion will be secured by a Luton win rather than the Cambridge result when Luton don't play. I understand people would like it to be at home in front of a big crowd and all that. But as I said, this is football, right? You know, if it happens, I don't know when it'll happen, but I just we're all just working as hard as we can to, to, to make it happen. Watford will aim to dent former manager Sean Dyche's hopes of automatic promotion when they host Burnley. Defender Lloyd Doyle is injured, striker Fernando Forestieri is still missing, but Marco Cassetti and Jonathan Bond are now both fit. Stevenage continue their relegation battle at bottom club Shrewsbury. Also in League One, Milton Keynes Dons are away to Coventry at Northampton, with Peterborough six points ahead with the game in hand. Does manager Cole Robinson still think the playoffs are possible? Just the fact that you have to ask the question proves that we're still in it. It's when you it's when you say, Carl season's over what, what are we doing now for next season and also as well I don't want to cheat these fans they've been wonderful this year they've stuck with us too thick and thin they're starting to realise where we're at financially and what we're trying to do um, and, and everyone's sort of been this has been a stronger season I think it's been a stronger season for unity amongst the group and Wickham are just three points above the League 2 relegation zone ahead of tomorrow's home game against Dagenham. And in tennis, Andy Murray leads Britain's challenge in Italy later today in their first Davis Cup quarterfinal for 28 years. Murray was able to train yesterday despite a virus. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about. Let's have a little uh, uh, recap, if uh, we shall. Plain packaging on cigarettes. It's probably going to happen next year. It's not going to stop anybody smoking, is it? Is it really? If you're a smoker, you're not going to stop or cut down because you haven't got the wonderful purple motif of a silk cut or the golden box of the Benson and Hedges or the black box of the uh, JPS. It's not going to stop you, is it? And is it really going to stop younger people? Younger people don't smoke. Kids don't smoke because they like the packet that it comes in. It's not what they're smoking for. Smoking because they want to smoke. They want to rebel. They want to do something naughty. They want to experience something with their bodies. That's what they smoke for. 08459 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call about that. Paul Scoynes has joined me. Why? All right. What are you doing? You called me. You asked me to look into some stuff. Did I? Yeah. What? MP's expenses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad one of us remembered. Okay, all right, calm down, mate. That was an hour ago. Well, yeah, you know. What I was asking is, we're talking about this... uh, It's Maria Miller, isn't it? Yes, it is. The, uh, who is she? She's the culture... Culture secretary. What does the culture secretary actually actually do? Is that opera and stuff? Uh, well, the brief has changed slightly, but it was, uh, it was always culture, media, sports. So, I mean, her predecessor, Jeremy Hunt, was in charge of the Olympics... ...and various other things, but also, you know, has responsibility for things like governance of television, radio, media, um, newspapers, uh... You know, art, all right. All right. Uh, she... culture, basically. It does exactly what it says on the tin, Ian, yeah? 
an independent watchdog ordered her to pay back £45,000 of uh, Miss... Yeah, no, don't pull that face. I know the story better than you, mm. right? £45,000 of uh, uh, misclaimed expenses. Uh, instead, she agreed to repay 5800 Yes. So that was, it was brought down to 5800 She issued an apology. Yes. Uh, in the House of Commons yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but uh, this is kind of... First of all, I'm asking, are people interested? And we've had a few texts, people saying, actually, yeah, we are. She should get the sack. I'd like to know why you think she should get the... Oh, we just got some breaking news. Catherine, what's the breaking news that's coming through? We're getting word through from upstairs, the news desk, um, that there are reports that the police are moving onto the site in uh, Toddington, where the travellers are set up camp on the... um, The football pitch? Yeah, the football pitch, next to Poplar's Nursery. Okay, we will uh, have more... Thank you for that, Catherine. We'll have more on that uh, as it happens. Uh, People who think that Maria Miller should lose her job, why? Why? Well, in... uh, When was it? 2009, uh, which is when the Daily Telegraph started its exposure of the MP's expenses having been leaked, yep. the uh, the documents, it created uproar, didn't it? Yes. It really undermined confidence in MPs and politicians. Uh, there was that sort of drip, drip effect of uh, one day after another, different revelations. We had the, you know, the famous ones, the Duck, the duck House, house the it, Moat yes. and Chocolate Bars, various other bits. Other MPs fell foul of it, of course. Uh, the Luton South MP at the time, Margaret Moran, was caught up in the, uh, in the whole affair and uh, uh, and ended up sort of going to court over it, and that obviously was 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 a fairly kind of big story around here. Um, what I heard yesterday was that obviously the rule, rules were brought in and changed on what MPs could um, could claim in terms of expenses. Yes. Now I heard yesterday that since those rules had been changed, hmm. more money had been claimed on expenses than before those rules had been changed. I asked you, as um, my bit, uh, as, as our political reporter here at BBC Three Counties Radio, to uh, have a look into this, and you've done it. Well, they've eventually. had... Eventually. Uh-huh. What did you find out? They've had an uplift in salary, and that's been uh, called for by IPSA. Now, IPSA stands for the Independent Parliamentary Standards Authority. Uh, they came into force, I suppose, in... 2011, uh, after the coalition took power, and really they are now the organisation independent uh, that uh, ministers uh, MP salaries and expenses. There's been some criticism of the way they operate, uh, and uh, indeed, uh, mid Bedfordshire MP Nadine Dorries fell uh, foul of them and uh, was very critical of the way they operated, uh, following some investigations into her expenses. But ultimately, the uh, organisation suggested, recommended in a report last year, that MPs received a, a fairly significant pay rise, a one-off uplift in its sal- uh, their salary to £74,000 yep. in 2015. That equates to about 11%, uh, sort of more than £7,000 than they earn at the moment for tax. So they are going to get more money. If I could refer you to... Mm. That's, that's a really interesting little side street. Mm. But I'm talking specifically about MPs' expenses. Have the uh, has the amount of money claimed uh, by MPs for expenses gone up since the rules were changed? Well, the the rules have have increased, so you are allowed to claim more. Okay, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm really going to push you on this, uh, Mr. Scoynes. I'm sorry. Has the amount that's been claimed gone up? That was the that was the question. No, no. You, I was told to look into salaries. Who? Right, Boyle. Headphones, now. He's muffed this up. No. Yes. The question... Right, what was the question, Boyle? The question was, 
you, that you were under the impression that since the scandal, MPs are actually on have more of an allowance. That yeah, the, allowance. The, no expenses. Well, that's what they call it, isn't it? I would say allowance was expenses more than wages. Yes, we won't talk about wages. He's well. done a whole thing. He's got three. Look, he's got. Oh. He's got three sheets on wages. He's three sheets to the wind. Look at this. The He's lineup's been announced. Sorry. The Glastonbury. Oh, line- go away. This is a, this is important. Who's who's headlining? Look, look, look. He's got twenty. Arcade got- fire. Oh, for goodness, rubbish. Dolly Parton. He's got twenty minutes to claw this back. Right. The, the- I don't appreciate the tone of this. Tough. Um, the tone, I think, is fair, considering the massive muff-up that you have made. I don't give a, a monkey's and hoot. Can I just say, we're, we're ten minutes in. Blondie's there. Hmm? We've got Dennis waiting to talk. Is it Dennis or this John? This has not been going for ten minutes. Just Pr- want to make pretty it. much. No, it's pretty much. I OK, you've, you've given them a minister's pay. The Cabinet agreed to cut their salary. You've, you've printed all this stuff up. Brilliant. Throat plants there. Absolutely useless, mate. Now, do what you're asked to do. Could you find out? Have the expenses... Pixies. Please. Have the, I saw them recently. They were quite good. I saw them in a pub. In, I saw them play in a pub in Windsor. Right, I'm actually turning their microphones off. Right. Have their expenses... Don't give me that look. Don't give me the sad bear. Don't give me the sad bear. Have the... Oh, give me the sad bear. It breaks my heart, but I'm not going to look at you. Have their expenses... Oh, God, he's doing mournful bear. Have their expenses gone up since the rules changed? Go. You want to know by how much? No, I want to know if they have gone up. Well, just a simple yes or no. Yes. Ow! That got me right in the... Nuts. That's our political reporter, Paul Scoyings. How can he get it so wrong? An allowance, I mean, you shouldn't have changed the word from allowance to expenses. You should have kept expenses. But allowance is more expenses than pay. I would say that. Yeah, but I, I mean... You should still have... What you've got to remember is that Scoynes has drunk a lot of coffee this morning. <laughs> Did you see the fury in his eye? Yeah. We'll get it before nine o'clock with the BBC. This is what we do. Uh, Dennis is in Luton. Morning, Dennis. Dennis? Yeah, number two boss. Good morning. Yes, hello, Dennis. Um, regarding the fire, aquaculture. Oh, yes, you're the, 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 well, the fire or the lack of fire. You're the, for those who don't know, uh, Dennis called us up uh, yesterday to let us know that the fire engines are going five, six, seven times a day to uh, this to Ackworth Court in Hockwell. Well, it's now our lead story today, Dennis. We've been following it closely. What have you made as uh, of what's been said? Well, number uh, number one, he said the fire chief said two weeks, last two weeks. Yep. No, no, last four months. Let's be, uh, be sorry for a bit. And, they're, they're um, dis- they're dis- they disputed that state. No, no. Well, well, I live here, and we see the fire engines every day coming along the road, all directions. Mm. But um, any queer, and it's strange that now there's no fire engines today yeah. or yesterday, apart from the one instant yeah. when I called up. Now they've done the job already. Well, they, they, they haven't. What we've been told, what we've been told, Dennis, is that it's a problem with the smoke and the fire alarms, that there is dust and dirt in there, uh, and they're going to start replacing them on Monday, and it should be done by the end of next week. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say, Ian, we've had it all five times, six times a day. Lucky you. For the, la- for the last four months. Good lad. Now, over yesterday, because you come on the radio and Justin was there, yep. it stopped. Yeah. Now, what, how is it, why is it stopped today, and even yesterday, uh, uh, because I come on the radio, can you do why a, is it stopped? 
Can you do us a favour, Dennis? It could just be coincidence, or it could be something more. Could you keep an eye out over the weekend and maybe speak to us on Monday and let us know if it's well, stopped completely or if it's carried on or what? Well, I don't have to keep my eye. You can hear them all, all the time when they come fast. Okay. Oh, just one instance regarding these cigarettes. Yes. If I'm on a brand name, yes. and I've smoked that brand name for all these years, yes. Um, is that brand name still going to be on the front of that or on no, the it's edge gonna, of it, that? It's, well, I get... That's a really good question. It's going to have to be somewhere. It's a plain packet, but it's going to have to be somewhere for the fella in the corner shop to, to hand you your silk cuts. Well, yeah, because I, I smoke Cutter's Choice, which is a roll-up. Oh. Right? Yeah. But I don't want to go in there and I've got to have a Golden Virginia or something oh, of that nature. Have a, have a Golden Virginia, Dennis. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Like, it's like chocolate. I know. Yeah. It's lovely, isn't be- it? Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. yeah really lovely. Oh, no, I can't. You can't. I'm having a flashback. Don't have me reminiscing about smoking. Smoking is bad for you. Don't. But you don't look cool. No, you don't. You stink. James Dean looked cool. Dolly Parton's there. Sorry? At Glastonbury. Oh, for goodness sakes. Kelly is um, from Signpost. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Kelly. I remember you. Remind <laughs> us what Signpost is. Signpost is a homeless charity in Luton and Dunstable. We provide hospital accommodation, floating support, and all different things. But in Signpost, we have a fantastic volunteering team yep. called Team SP. And tomorrow we're going down to the riverbank in Luton and we're going to be picking up litter and making it look a lot better. Can I ask why? How is that going to help homeless people? Well, the homeless people are involved. Oh. Um, so all of our clients who live in the hostel are invited to come along and help us all um, just to make a better community, really. That's a nice thing to do, isn't it? Just to make the place look a little bit better. Yeah. So how many people are you expecting to turn up? Oh, we're expecting and hoping for 70, and that's why I'm ringing, because I'm, I'm, it's a call for volunteers, really, tomorrow. Beautiful. OK, so listen, listen tell, tell us where and when you're going to be so people um, can come and join gonna you. We're going to meet at Neville Road at 9.30. You'll yeah. see a big gazette and we'll have a health and safety briefing and a registration. Yeah. Um, and then we'll split up into groups and do different sections of the river. If people find treasure, are they allowed to keep <laughs> it or do they have to give it to you? Oh dear, I don't really know if we're going to find any treasure, well, but we'll have fun doing it. Okay, good work. And uh, Kelly, is there a website that people can look up as well? There is. Um, it's www.signpostso.com Listen, I really appreciate I know I asked you to call back when you were going to do this, so I'm glad that you remembered that, and I, yeah. I wish you the very, very best of luck. Is Justin coming? Yeah. Yeah, I hope I, so. I reckon so. I reckon <laughs> so. I will, he'll be on before the end of the show. We'll ask him. Yeah, Kelly, thanks. Kelly, thank you very much thanks. indeed. We'll certainly put that to him. I'm sure he'd love to. He was up for it before, wasn't he? Um, Brian there. Sorry? Robert Plant. Oh, for goodness sakes. Well, I'm honest, Kelly, you're mm. kind of my favourite out of the two. Yeah, not anymore. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 northbound is slow after an earlier accident just before Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. We've got congestion back to Junction 13 for Bedford. Thanks for uh, Maria for phoning in with an update. The M25 anti-clockwise queuing between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. In Hitchin on the sensors, the A505 and A602 both looking slow as you approach the centre of town. And in Chesant, the A10 southbound slow going between Turnford and Waltham Cross. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 
She's been a thoroughly good sport this morning and we appreciate it. Thank you. Right, it's 8.46. It's Friday, the 4th of April. I'm Ian Lee and my weekend starts in 13 and a half minutes. The fire service say they have no plans to charge Lutonborough Council for call-outs to a block of flats in the town, despite a faulty alarm system, which has resulted in call-outs up to five times a day for the last two weeks. Police are evicting travellers from a junior football pitch in Bedfordshire near Junction 12 of the M1. The travellers had been served in order to leave the pitch close to the Poplar's Garden Centre used by Toddington Rovers. And in sport, Andy Murray is expected to be fit, well fit, after a virus, as Great Britain play in Italy in their first Davis Cup quarterfinal for 28 years. Coming up, we'll be taking your calls on 08459 455 555. But before that, let's get the all-important weather with Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's a bit of a grey, misty, murky start to the day, but things will brighten up into the afternoon and we'll see some spells of sunshine. So turning brightest first, at the first, I think, over uh, parts of Buckinghamshire, the uh, the clearer air working its way in from the west. It's now a westerly wind and it's bringing in some cleaner Atlantic air, so uh, gone are the high pollution levels that we saw yesterday. It's still going to feel pleasantly warm in the best of that brightness and sunshine. Temperatures up to 15 or 16 degrees Celsius as a high today but not quite as warm as it was over the last couple of days or so. As we head into this evening and overnight, it will stay mostly dry. We'll see some clear spells, some mist patches developing into tomorrow morning. Uh, Temperatures down to 7 or 8 degrees Celsius. Quite unsettled over the weekend. It'll be a lovely start to the day tomorrow. I think lots of sunshine around, particularly over Hertfordshire, but um, gradually clouding over into the afternoon and perhaps a few spots of rain, particularly over the hills tomorrow evening. Um, Sunday, we'll see some longer spells of more significant rain, I think, into the afternoon. Um, a bit cooler as well, temperatures only at around 13 or 14 degrees and um, and then into next week we'll see that rain clear on Monday further showers around at times, Tuesday and Wednesday looking fine and dry, that's the forecast Thank you Elizabeth, have a nice weekend BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks It's a lovely little town, the people are all friendly Inviting everyone to where you live I do like the um, smaller shops, yeah And all this week we're featuring Shefford and Chicksands We're permanently fixed in Shefford now, we're quite happy with the town I love it I live in Clifton, but I wish I lived in Shefford. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Lovely properties, 13th century village that has is full of character. And lovely full people. of character. A big tour of beds, hearts big and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nigel's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Nigel. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Nigel. What have you got for us on this fine, um, fair, foggy, smoggy, polluted morn? Cheer me up, why don't you? Uh, it's not even Monday morning. No. Um, Ian, I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, I have to take great issue with your attitude and outbursts this morning. Oh. And I don't think you've been at all fair over the air oh. on your colleagues. And, oh. uh, tell, tell me why. Tell me why. Because... No, I don't know why you are, but you are. You well, when I, when I say tell me why, I mean... No, 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 well, no, let no. me have my say first, then. No, when I say... You're crushing me, and you're doing that to your colleagues as well. It's, it's very easy and to crush you. I'm making... No, Nigel, well, you, no, no, Nigel. No, no, your attitude, Ian, Nigel, is you're being pants, a... And I don't understand... Pants. I will not understand Nigel. why you won't be sent on gardening leave from Monday until they find somebody more suitable and capable of containing themselves... Nigel. ...and going with their... Nigel. No, what? 
You've got you, nothing to say to me that I want to listen to. No, frankly, Nigel, Nigel, you can't. Doing it and oh, for goodness' sake, oh, Muppet! Nigel, you can't come on and make these accusations. When I said how, or when I said why, no, no, what no, I no, meant, it, you, you were being obtuse. What I meant was, no, give me I'm examples. Give me, you give are me. Being disrespectful to your you are being obtuse. You're being disrespectful to someone who has an issue. Uh, Nigel, give me. Listen, Nigel, tell me what your legitimate issue is. You won't give me any examples. Give me an example. You are the issue with your attitude. Give me an. Give me. Your colleague. Give me an example, Nigel. Why? You've already done it yourself. No. Listen to yourself give me, after this broadcast. Play give it back me, to yourself in with the I ears do. of a listener. On. I do. I listen to it while I'm in the bath. Jeez. <sighs> Watch your language. You... Watch your language, Nigel. Oh. Please don't blaspheme on the radio. Some people are offended by that. For goodness sakes, you know manners. Give me an example, Nigel. I think you're struggling to think of an example. It's just, it, which is, is problematic. It's, no, the problem is that you've compressed so much disrespect to your colleagues over the radio, and uh, you can't even uh, address Catherine in a, in a normal way. Um, For example, Nigel. Well, you're calling her boily. You no, know, that's disrespectful oh. over the air on a public broadcast uh, programme. Is your complaint... The fact that I've called Boily, Boily. That's your, that's your complaint. No, that is, is that the best complaint. you've got? That is, it's not the best I've okay, got. Okay, then it's let's have the, another one. Let's have one that actually counts. Thumb. Let's have one that I'm interested in. What is the matter with you, man? You cannot even recall what you've been saying. No, Nigel. You've been saying it and presenting Nigel, it to the you're the one who has phoned up to criticise what I've said, yet you can't give me an example of what I've said. I can. Well, go on then. Well, why have you criticised a report that was... Uh, Badly put across, obviously by yourself, because it was passed on. Um, and uh, I just, I just don't understand you. You're referring. No, okay. Let's let's deal with that issue. You're referring to the the report that um, Paul Scoynes completely muffed up. Yeah, about the um, well, the I'm not sure expenses. That he did because it didn't come across did. as such. And why, did. why? Nigel, let, Nigel, let's focus well, on one thing at a time. You're letting, not letting me. No, uh, I am. You've put forward. You're letting me make the point. You've made and, your uh, point. Let me address you're it. You're all fired up and energised this morning. I'm not something. Fi- how am I fired up and energised? Let me. Would you like me to address the point or not? No. Oh, oh, okay. So you want to phone up and criticise, but then you wouldn't like me to defend myself. Well, I think you're doing a grand job of actually doing uh, what I've criticised you for. Okay. Would you, would you like me to? Would you like me to explain what went wrong there? Not really, because you oh, tried okay, to do it okay. over the air. This is your fault, Scoynes. Nigel's phoning up because you muffed up earlier on about the MP's expenses. Nigel's phoning up to have a go at me. Well, probably with good reason. Keep quiet. You see exactly. It's you that sort of attitude. Right, my point perfectly. Yeah. Hang on, and I don't think I need to say anymore. Hang, hang on, what you're doing it to yourself. Scoy, yeah. right? Exactly. Hang on I one don't second. Know how many feet you've got left to shoot yourself in? I've got. I've not got a gun. Right, Nigel, you stop it. Scoins, keep out of this. Mm. <laughs> Nigel, Scoins muffed up. I asked. I asked. I asked a specific question. Had MPs' expenses gone up since the changes to the rules in MPs' expenses had been introduced? In fairness, he didn't ask it that specifically. You really are cruising. He just—you're not helping. He then came down to and told me about MP salary. I didn't mention MP salary once, Nigel. Well, it's amazing how. So uh, he owes me an apology. Three out of your team uh, are uh, backing him up, and yet you're still not listening to yourself you, or, or right. them. Okay, first of all, first things first, Catherine, this is your fault. No, you, don't do this on the air. I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing right. this on the air, Nigel, because you're I, doing this on the air. I agree. Stop it, no, Scoins. You did it, you, you're doing it on air before I even rang. Because you, so. well, you, right. C- Catherine. Okay. Yes. Right. 
I want to work with you after the show. We won't do it on air. He's right. We won't. Well, do, don't do it now. No, I'm going to. Stop I'm, doing. Stop I'm, saying I'm, it now. You don't need to, and it's totally disrespectful. I am. I, mean, I want you off air next week. I am. On behalf of the, all the listeners. Right. Stop. In three counties. Just, just, um, and many of the staff. Paul, will you stop it? Sorry. You, you are see? not helping you're Nigel. Think to yourself. I'm listening. I'm listening. Right. No, you're not listening. One thing at a time. Yourself, I d- you should <sighs> have in your head. As a professional, yes. you call yourself a professional. I'm I paid know. for it, so yes, You're I'm a professional. Muffet. Well, no, I'm a professional. I'm a what? You're a professional Muffet. A Muffet. A Muffet. A Muffet. You said Muffet. <laughs> you did say Muffet. Yeah, you did. What is, no, is, 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 I did say Muffet. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Okay. You muffet perfectly. Yeah. Okay. Right. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, we're not going to do this on air, but I want to work with you after the show, well, and you're, you're doing in trouble. It on air. No, no, I'm 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 arranging to do it off air, Nigel. No, you're not. Sure. So you're going to get. I want to work with you upstairs after the show, straight away. But right. you're not making the arrangements okay. on it. The arrangement, the arrangements on air. Um, the arrangement the needs to hear it. No, so well, you. What's your br- problem? You're right, Scott. Right. I'm not stopping anywhere. No, good. Um, I'm, Catherine, I'm, telling, I'm trying to tell you Catherine. and inform you because shut, you're not stop, listening. Stop it, you muffet! You muffet! See, you're trying to shut me up. Right, I will. So, um, Catherine, you're in trouble. Scoines, you're in trouble. I'm in trouble. Why am I in trouble? Because you. Right. I thought we were doing this off air. No, we're... we're Anyway, are the MPs getting more expenses now than they were before? It's a bit complicated. Oh, Scoinsy. Scoinsy? Well, what do you want? Did you want want a yes, no, or no? Yeah, we had the... Thank you, Nigel. You're... I can't say you're welcome, but hey... um, By the way, by the way, by the way, I'm back next week. Enjoy my con- gardening. My contract runs out in September, and guess what, Nigel? Not soon enough. It's just been extended by a year. Woo! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So thanks, Nigel. That doesn't excuse you for yeah, misbehaviour yeah, yeah. misappropriation yeah. of the airway. I can't hear okay. you. I can't hear you. I've taken no, my headphones off. Well, exactly. Are you still talking? <laughs> Is he gone? No, I'm still here. Oh, I've still got my headphones on, actually. I was lying when I said I'd I taken them off. Did. Yeah, OK. Yeah, right. well, yeah you I put, tell. You put, yeah, I bet you could. You yeah, put the phone down, then. Muppets do. Yeah, Muffets. Mu- no, Muffets. Uh, Muffets. Muffets. Right. Muffets and Muffets. Stop laughing, Scoines! And Catherine! Have we, have we filled... We've got another three minutes to go yet. N- Nigel... Justin. Hello, boss. Can you believe this? Outrageous. By the way, well done for the uh, breakfast show of the year nomination this week. Oh, thank you. The Sony Award and the, yes. uh, the, the Sony nomination award for um, the best interview of the year. Yes, congrats, you <laughs> muffet. Thanks very much indeed. Right. Nigel, put the phone down. I'm not giving you the pleasure of cutting you off. That's all right. Put the phone down then. No. Right, I'll, we'll sit and wait. Oh, thank you, Peter. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Take Well, if you don't put it down, then you're a Muppet. No. Muppet! <coughs> Stop laughing, Scoines! Oh, can't help it, sorry. Oh. Can't help it. Do they get more expenses or not? Well, if you compare it to 2008-9, which is when the expenses scandal broke, yeah. they claimed uh, £102.3 million. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at the overall bill uh, for 2012-13, yes. it was £98.1 million, so just under... Right. Uh, after immediately after the scandal broke, it fell to ninety five point four. So they have claimed slightly oh. less, okay. slightly less. Has he gone? No, no I'm still here. Oh. What do you think of that, Nigel? About the expenses? Yeah. No, about that disappointing report from Paul Scoines. What did you think about that? Well, it was factual. It was well. It wasn't. It wasn't clear, was it, Nigel? 
Well, I gather the instructions weren't clear either. Yeah. The instructions are very clear. Well, not, I tell you what, Nigel. Oh, I tell you what, Nigel. Circles. Yeah, we are going around in circles, and that circle is going to lead you and Catherine Boyle up into the office upstairs, where I'm going to launch, Nigel, because of you, disciplinary action against Paul Scoynes <laughs> and Catherine Boyle. Do you not have the jurisdiction? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I said jurisdiction. Well, I do, and it's because of you, Nigel. How do you feel about that? I feel you're, you're, you're digging yourself deeper and deeper. Yeah, I'm digging myself Hopefully. deeper and deeper and deeper and to get away from you. Getting your contract doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be sacked. Uh, if I get sacked, I get a nice big payoff. Well, uh, well uh, no, I don't, don't, that's no. I don't think not, so. Actually. Is that not true? That's not. No. No, you're the BBC now, mate. Huh. In, in that case, Nigel, <laughs> I'd like to offer you my sincerest and humblest apologies. Yeah, I... Well... Oh, I know uh, he's still a horse impression, mate, for goodness <laughs> sakes. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 northbound is heavy after an earlier accident that was just before Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. Still got congestion back to Junction 13 for Bedford. Also, the M25 anti-clockwise is slow between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 24 for Potter's Bar. On the speed sensors between Halton Regis and Dunstable, the A5 is slow heading south. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, OK, so things... OK, right. Yeah. Scoins? Mm. Upstairs? Whoa. Boyle? Yes. Oh, forget it, forget it, forget Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday. It's nine o'clock and on today's big phone-in. Should alcoholics be given a new liver if they've damaged